by the time it's my turn to talk. I'm real professional. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's a podcast. My name's Joey. Shut up. The podcast is starting. His name's Joey. His name's Joey. He usually does this. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. I'm Joey Bonnier. <coughs> Sean Faw. To the right of me is Sean Faw. Across Sean the table is Derek Laporte. Yeah, I'm sick of this. <laughs> Next to him <laughs> Derek's is done already. Tim Snow. Hey, yes. And for this Mrs. week, Cam. we watched Women, Woman in the Dunes. Woman, mm. in, woman in the Dunes. Derek's Please pick. Mm, actually, Tim's pick. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. Yes. You're me well, for interesting enough story. It's, it's, it was originally going to be Derek's pick last week. Uh, and he was talking to me about it uh, the day of the podcast uh, before he changed his mind to do The Lion and Winter. And in talking about it, we looked up this. Uh, this it was a fan-made trailer for the film that uh, somebody had posted to YouTube. And it was excellent. And it just made everything look so beautiful. Uh, and from there, I was just totally sold. It was like, yeah, dude, pick this. I want you to pick this. And then he picked The Lion and Winter, and I was kind of bummed. And then The Lion and Winter sucked assholes. So then I was really <laughs> bummed. Um, I'm just kidding. No, no it's okay. Keep not. going. Take it so personal. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. So I picked it this week and uh, wasn't disappointed. We've all had bad picks. You were not disappointed. Wasn't disappointed. Well, let's go through it. So, mm-hmm. Tim, you, you you have some really sketched out notes on a napkin. I'm very curious what your... Napkin and pencil, which yeah, is an it was odd combination. An interesting choice. It's probably like the, the, the most you could tie your hands. Uh, yeah. Yes, it maybe. Um, I'm saying this all as kind of a diversion as I finish writing. You're right. Okay, let's... <laughs> let's Go away from Tim for a second. Then. No, but you know, so we watched uh, we watched Woman in the Dunes this week. Uh, it was uh, made in what year was it made 64. in? Sixty four, nineteen sixty four, by uh, Teshi Gahara. Yep. Back to Tim. Tim, don't finish that note. <laughs> Whatever. You're close dude. enough. All right. So uh, tell um, us what it's about. Well. So the the movies the movies a lot of things because you 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 see that it's woman in the dunes and the the trailer uh, played up a lot of this like sort of kidnapping aspect but so from the opening credits you kind of feel like it sets the scene for like a procedural drama and then it just drops us into a sort of uh, like spacey philosophical sort of musing on like the objective and subjective value of society versus the people in it in the midst of like this kind of marooned battle of the sexes. How does one write such a story? In the midst of, I don't know. You got to ask Kobo Abe, I think. (laughs) It's an allegory, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's something, you know, it's really interesting. It's so many different things, but the like actual text of the film is uh, we open up on a on an entomologist in in the desert, a donut scientist. In uh, yeah yeah donut scientist. Now he's a bug feller, um, bugman. We yeah, don't find out his name until the end. Yeah we yeah we open up on Elliot Bugman, <laughs> <laughs> sifting through the sand. No, so a uh, uh, teacher is uh, like a college professor 
we're led to believe, is uh, out in the desert looking for a specific type of beetle that's really hard to find and uh, misses his last bus out of town and uh, is, you know, runs into some townsfolk who tell him that they can friendly give townsfolk. him a friendly townsfolk that tell him that they can give him a place to stay overnight. And so he uh, follows them. They lead him well, over to a point what? of order. Uh, they didn't necessarily offer him a place to stay. He they said s- he would ask around and find a place for oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He it, asked for a place to yeah. stay. Yeah. And they said that they'd ask around. But they So, so they, quote unquote, ask around. Yeah. And they bring him to this, uh, to this hut that's at the bottom of like a bunch of sand dunes. It's kind of like in a pit. Um, and they lower him down in there. And... Uh, there's a, a woman living there alone. Uh, a rather comely young lass. Young lass. Yeah, yeah. A real, a real Shelley Duvall character. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Bug-eyed and all. Yeah, you know. Uh, but so, so he stays the night with her, and it's kind of odd and strange. And she makes a few uh, strange kind of side sideward remarks about how like he might not be able to leave or something like that, and he doesn't really understand. Um, but, uh, as far as he knows, he's got to be back at work in three days. So he wakes up in the morning, she's naked, um, as and, one does and covered in sand, uh, which like, you know, just the, 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 the sense of the scene is not as pretty as the cinematography, but, uh, uh, wakes up and, and goes to leave, uh, can't leave cause he can't crawl out of the sand. The ladder that he was lowered down on has been taken away and she wakes up to let him know that, uh, He's her helper now. <laughs> you live here now. Yeah. Yep. The yep. the village council uh, has like put him down there and trapped him there to be her helper and her companion or so or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. her husband and daughter died in a previous uh, sandstorm. Yeah, she did mention that. She did yeah. mention that, and it yeah. uh, it kind of leads to believe. So every night, her job and his job now is to dig sand so that. Uh, the village doesn't completely succumb to erosion, I guess. That was the initial kind of vibe I got from the explanation there. But later on, she goes on to this weird tangent about like Perf. selling, but selling the sand. Oh, selling the sand. Yeah. So they were like, like apparently it's subpar sand because there's a lot of salt in it and it's mm. not going to be good for building and shit. But there's some weird conspiracy where the and town is selling the sand. Problem, and, yeah. yeah, and it's like some, I don't know, there's like weird convolution. I don't know, like... What is supposed to be the actual There thing? is some sort of scheme going on where people are selling it and making money off their yeah. labor. Do you like But there's I, like what he's what he what Sean is saying is uh that there's just several different conflicting explanations given for why they're doing what Well at first doing. we don't know why. At first they just they, she thinks they're just doing it to avoid getting buried. Well, no, she they come out and yeah. say that they're doing it to keep the town alive, to make sure that the town doesn't get buried. And if she stops digging, her neighbor's going to get buried. Yeah, so, I like, know. I think that's, a, that's nonsense, I think, though. Or the, he thinks it's nonsense. As much nonsense as selling salty sand? Yeah. Well, right. I think they, or, or a the bucket full at a time. Every, when, and the other everything thing is, she everything says, that she says throughout right. the film turns out to be true. And she, she could mean buried in another sense. Yeah. You know, she could mean in, from another point of view. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't think she was talking figuratively. Her 
fucking husband and daughter were literally buried no, next I to No, I understand that, house. but I think there's also <laughs> another thing at play here where they're body. selling the sand, where they're selling it to make money. I suppose, but like, you know, they're sand for miles before they get to this pit. Like, I, I don't know why. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I thought the same thing. I'm thinking there's a million things of sand, but apparently that's the sand. I don't know. But so regardless, they dig sand yeah, and he's stuck there and he's very upset. He tries to escape. He ties her up. There's lots and lots of uh, hullabaloo. Um, yeah, but then he cops a few and everything's cool. Yeah, and then he, yep, literally. <laughs> literally. They're struggling. They fall to the ground. His hand slips into her yeah. shirt. Fighting, and, fighting, fighting. Ooh, nipple. Enters sensuality. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so uh, they, they kind of develop a relationship together, kind of a Stockholm syndrome almost sort of thing, uh, except for she's not, it turns out she's not his captor. Like we're kind of led to believe in the beginning. They're both just prisoners. Kind of. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, it, I, I get the feeling that she could leave. She just doesn't want to, but, but mm. where would she go? Right. Right. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Like she's, yeah, yeah she's institutionalized exactly. sort of, but, uh, yeah. So a, as the movie progresses, he sort of, you know, kind of starts to erode like the sand and he's, uh, you know, before long he's, he's doing the shoveling and the work and so on and so forth. And his, his costume changes too. And he starts dressing in a much more old world sort of way mm. instead of, you know, the more, uh, like kind of contemporary garments that he was wearing in the beginning. Um, he also starts his science project. Yes, uh, and he he escapes at one point. He creates a, a grappling hook and uh, kind of latches it onto the uh, the pulley system that they raise the sand up on and escapes. And he gets away, but he gets stuck in uh, some quicksand, and the villagers have to have to come dig him out and bring him back. And uh, he's he seems a little more broken after that. If um, only he had seen that YouTube video on how to actually escape from quicksand, yep. he would have been fine. And he got, he kind of, he goes at that point, he stops trying to escape and he starts trying to bargain. Uh, and it goes from, you know, trying to escape every single day to he just wants to be able to see the ocean, just wants to be able to see it for like half an hour and then 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. But uh, then when he shows up, he's like an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give him a cookie, you know. Exactly. Uh, but uh but the townsfolk come and they offer him the chance to see the ocean. All he's got to do is just bring his lady out and shh up in the sand in front of everybody. Yeah. So like that, there's a really kind of desperate and sad scene there where he's struggling to. Well, it's a ritual there. Yeah, they 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 really like they kind of sort of like I'd like to unpack that scene a little bit later but uh so they they struggle with that doesn't really end up working out um and it's uh like the whole scene is just it's it's beautiful and sad in a way uh but uh yeah after that the you know a little more digging a little more sand and then uh gets everywhere yeah she gets she kind of falls ill and it uh turns out she's pregnant and not only pregnant it seems to be an ectopic pregnancy Ooh. which he 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 learned that by uh listening to her stomach <laughs> smelling and yeah, he, smelling, yeah, yeah no he smelled her stomach yeah. he poked her yeah. and announced it, it was right an ectopic place. pregnancy and then defended that by saying that he was an assistant to a veterinarian once yeah mm. uh but either way uh so she's you know, sick and pregnant and, uh, um, doesn't want to leave him, uh, uh, him being the, uh, the, you know, our character that's been trapped here. Elliot Bugman. Elliot Bugman. 
she's she's taken away with the three wheeler that they bring. You know, the villagers come and help her and bring her to a doctor, uh, and they forget to raise the ladder and he's completely left unattended for the first time and totally able to escape. And so he crawls up the ladder and he goes to the ocean and he's finally able to see the ocean and he stands there and he just doesn't really know where to go. And so he goes back down and uh, throughout the film, he'd been like discovering this way of, of creating a well using uh, uh, like osmosis or some shit with a bucket. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it was a failed crow trap that became a, uh, a, uh, a well. Um, it uh, was, you know, a covered pit. Yeah. Um, but he goes back to that and he's fixating on that. You know, we kind of get a bit of a voiceover where he's deciding that tomorrow maybe he'll tell the villagers about the well. And then maybe the day after that, he'll think about escaping and you, you know, that's, that's that final moment where he just kind of accepts his fate and accepts where he is and, uh, and who he's become. And then it just sort, sort of, of ends. ends. Yeah. A sad story. It's, it, it is, is it? and it isn't. Well, it ain't a comedy. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. God, I love this movie. Okay. God, well, I fucking love this movie. Um, it had well, everything. I, I have a question, Derek. Where, where did you hear about this? Where, have you known about this for a long time? Movie? Um, coolguy.com. I, I mean, and <laughs> I, I knew about it for quite a while. I'm, I'm trying to think. So, as far as Japanese directors go, like Teshigahara is up there. He made three really great films. This one's probably the the one that's okay. considered his masterpiece. But, um, the reason why I'm asking is because I'm look when I look at the Wikipedia, it says it's one of the ten best films chosen by Tarkovsky. Yeah, he so also, I thought maybe you yeah. were like, oh, I I want to see what Tarkovsky's favorite films are, and then maybe yeah, not I mean not directly, obviously in sculpting in time. I think he mentions Teshigahara uh, sometimes. Uh, the the thing is that is that obviously they were all influencing each other around that time. So uh, anything in the '60s, like mid '60s, um, like uh, obviously like um, also. Because Mizuguchi was probably more a favorite of um, Tarkovsky's mm-hmm. than uh, than Teshigahara, but um, but the thing that I think about this is I I don't I don't, I, I want to go back to the whole thing about is this a sad story? I don't think it's a sad story. Okay, why not? Um, it it. It literally is, it's a lot like Sisyphus, right? The myth of Sisyphus, who pushes the, the boulders. A real uplifting tale. The, well, <laughs> but is, is Sisyphus, like, sad? One must yeah. consider Sisyphus why do happy. You think, why do you think Sisyphus is sad? It's his, his lot to ever, struggle for this entire Yeah, but destiny. you forget one part of the myth of Sisyphus, which is that the myth of, every the myth day of he still does it, right? Every day he still does this. So at I find some that point, very sad. no, no, hang, hang on. So at some point, one of two things has happened: either he forgets every day what he's doing, mm-hmm. or the second thing is th- that goal is no longer the goal, but the act is the goal, right? Right. right. So it's one or the other. So okay. I think that I think that this is kind of similar to that, in which this is about. Well, it's about several things, but one thing that it's very much about is kind of about a lot about identity that's subscribed to you by, because obviously the guy doesn't, is not given a name until the end. 
of this, and then it's like completely unimportant what his name was. Yeah. And then it's not fucking Elliot yeah. Bugman. True. Yeah, it's not Elliot Bugman. Yeah. But um, but before that, he's called like the worker guy. You the know, helper. he's then called the helper. Then he's called husband. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, we know kind of what he does. He says he's a teacher. He's he's really got these aspirations and all these kinds of things. But he, wants he really to have a bug named after him. Yeah, he wants to have a bug named but, after him. He's got these dreams. He's got these aspirations. But he's also like really unsatisfied with society. He is, and he doesn't feel that he fits. And he and he settles into the role prescribed to him, right? And by the end, that is the acceptance that he has. Yeah, he doesn't escape. Because, mm-hmm. because maybe if he did escape, he would go to some other storied reality, right? He would go to some, uh, like he would be somebody somewhere else. But this is his kind of his lot in life, right? Now, yeah. now mm-hmm. there's a baby on the way with this woman. Or not. Or that he may or may not care about. Yeah. We don't really totally know, right? By the end, can you say that but, but- he's in love with her? We don't even know yeah. if she's alive. Like, they, they, by the end, they really, you really do see that they do have that love for each other. And, you know, like kind of, I think, think so? what you're trying to like, really? I think so. Yeah. She's, she's crying. No, as she's being dragged away from him and he's standing there just watching her leave. Yeah. But that but, no could mean a lot yeah, of things. There's so many things. Like I didn't, I kind of read, what, what did you read the no as? I think again, it could mean a lot. I don't think it's one thing. I think it's like, from one, it's similar to what Derek was saying. It's like, I don't want to leave my place. She's so obsessed with living in that spot that she's got like the ultimate Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just leaving there is is so scary for her. Yeah, I, I read it way more as she wanted to stay in the pit rather than she was in love with that dude that wanted to rape her in front of the town. Like there was, you know, I mean, that was, that was just kind of the general thing throughout though. Like, you know, there were many times when he was, you know, kind of coaxing her, trying to see if she would leave. And she kept going back to this. No, this is for the town. This is what I do. I'll I'll save up and get a radio. You don't have to leave and get one. Well, we can stay here and we can do it. Like she loved that pit. And I, it, it still could go back to the fact that her husband and daughter are still buried in that sand and that is still a motivation for wanting to continue to dig every day. Yeah, yeah. really she's trapped by the past, right? Yeah. That is what keeps her there. He's trapped by this kind of situation which is the present and all these kinds of things. Yeah, she's the elephant with the rope around her foot. Yeah, the reason I think for sure that 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 analysis of that kind of being what uh, is a big thing of what this is about is because Teshigahara also, uh, he came from like a, a family business, right? Something that would be handed down yeah. to him. And he decided he wanted to be a filmmaker and kind of go against his mm, lot in life, shit. so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes, you know, you have to feel like these are kind of things that were close to him yeah. at the time that he really And ironically, felt. at the end of his life or near, nearer to the end of, or like midpoint, yeah. you know, his, his father died and it was, yeah. a, it was, I think it was a flora, florist business or something. Mm-hmm. I, so you I think read. this film is telling you to stay in your lane? I think it's commie propaganda. No, it's, it's amusing upon what it means to, to like be the person you're told to be. Do you think it's telling you to stay in your lane? Yes or no? Uh, I don't think it's telling you anything. Okay. Uh, oh, I, yeah. uh, what do you think, Sean? Like, I don't think it's that. I definitely think it has a very 
political? Specific, yeah. You think it's political, it, it completely fe- political? Well, I mean, it feels very much like, you know, you, you don't know what is best for you. And we, you know, whatever position you're put in, that is, is something that you will grow to regardless. I just so see just a critique deal with of it. society in yeah. I see a critique of modernity and like how how trapped we become and like the the yeah, like the uh-huh. humdrum of our the lives. The thing that you're saying is almost like it would give you know? an answer. It would need to give an answer to be some sort of big political yeah. critique, you know, or some big political. Well, it just statement. has to ask yeah. questions. I don't think it has to give an answer necessarily. You don't think so? No, it's asking questions, which is a good thing in in many societies, especially 1960s Japan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. I see it as a commentary on the human spirit when we're talking about it politically. So mm-hmm. I, I, from the communist propaganda point viewpoint, I see it as, you know, if you actually take normal people and beat them down enough, you can make them think they love whatever it is that the situation you put them in. So enough of a, um, a no out situation is going to make people think that they're okay. Hmm. Mm. I just don't well, see it as common. Well, really. I think I think that the that's kind of the nature of this yeah. film or films like this because it's so it's so it's so subjective in that way. Like you kind of it's yeah. like modern yeah. art. You know, you take can, from it what you brought art. to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So because I, I think took, you guys might be I getting took, hung up on the communist label there. I, oh no! Yeah, yeah. No! 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 I well, I'm not. I, I was maybe I was going off on a whole different thing. Go off on your whole different thing. I kind of really. Oh my God! Again, <laughs> write it down. All right, I I think that it is it, maybe not communist is the right label, but I think that saying it's you know being part of the group Authoritarian. or yeah or individualism yeah. or that kind of thing. Um, so you said that he, hmm? I don't know what you're doing. What? Sorry. Okay. He's trying to figure out what he's talking about. Okay. Uh, so I was saying that I think that he, uh, you said he was coming from a family of like upper class or middle up upper middle class. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I think that his dad like ran, like it is kind of like some floral arrangement, but uh, you know, since it's in Japan, this is like a huge art. It's considered an art. It's not just. Not your local forest. Yeah. Yeah. Big business sort of thing. And it's like a huge school in which uh, it, it kind of established Uh a type of floral arrangement and something like that. And so it was like a family business and he didn't want to. And he didn't really want to go into it, you know, because obviously he wanted to be a filmmaker, which he ended up doing. I mean, you know, dumbass. Well, he was also um, he was also like a an artist of all sorts of different mediums, I guess. Yeah, because he was a sculptor too, and that's like so that was so apparent to me, and and like the the, in the textures of this, this mm-hmm. was such a visceral film. You could right. feel everything. There was a like I don't get affected by stuff like. Like uh, like movies or whatever. I went and sat through the lighthouse and thought it was good. Fuck you. Um, <clears throat> eat shit. Uh, but when he was like retching after he tried to drink the sand, it was like it was hard to watch. Yeah, because it was just yeah. that, and that was kind of like that's a, a good metaphor for the whole film. You know, you could just feel every moment of it. I loved that. And you know, I think that uh, the fact that he was a sculptor and like would work with clay, you know, or work with different things that are defined by their texture like that, you know, kind of changed his eye towards that. I definitely got a feel for texture. Like yes. just every well, I mean, opening sh- a million up on, shots. On a, we open up on a single grain of sand, mm-hmm. you know, 
Yeah. yeah, but you could go on and on too, because there's also like the droplet of water. Yeah. There's just those like slow shots of her body with the small grains of sand on it. And, and just everything's about moisture and yeah. texture. And, and I don't know, even just the way you you actually said uh, when when he was in the quicksand and he was being pulled out uh-huh. and he was grabbing hold of that, the, the chuck, the solid block of wood. And he yeah. was like, I can feel the splinters on his yeah, fingers. Yeah, I could. Because like, it, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just, there's the, something about the, the way he did that camera stuff. You know, was that real good. Real brought stuff. me in there. It was a very visceral film. If it was I have to put absolutely a word on it. yes, visceral. Uh, I totally agree. Um, I don't know. I think actually was really fascinated to me by the characters and the relationship between the two of them because it really is a, a movie between those two people. It, it could be like a stage play, and I guess it yeah. was a novel. I, I, I forget. It, I think it, yeah, it's written. a novel. It was like a collaboration between uh, Teshigahara and uh, Kobo Abe, uh, an author. Who wrote the novel, right? Yeah, I guess they did several collaborations, um, mm-hmm. but this would be uh, probably the most famous of them. Yeah. But anyways, I think that it's such a great character study, and not just a character, it's a relationship study between two people. Um, because they, 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 they go, there's ups and downs, there's roller coasters of all kinds between them, you know? And it is very similar to me. I mean, again, this is coming from, you know, religious Judaism because in, where they have a, what's called a shidduch, which is like a million other cultures where they have arranged marriages. Yeah. So it felt a lot like that where you're forced into a, you know, a situation where you might not like the person at first, but you're forced to live with them and work with them. And then you eventually, maybe you grow into some sort of relationship. Then it gets weird and you're forced to perform in front of public. I guess, <laughs> but it, it, yeah. it felt like a Cliff Notes version of a relationship though. Like sure. they would, the, it gave us like the highlights and the lowlights, but it never really, I, I didn't, get the like i didn't i didn't feel like those Is actually that very surface level I, I don't even know if it's surface level as much as just like we didn't get the transition so it just didn't feel I think real it's, well, because it's, it's like this movie's like like jeremiah johnson right in the way that it just it spans time and so we're watching snapshots you know what i, I mean get this reference I I do and I well yeah I guess the problem i have is that like we literally spend minutes just watching him walk through sand and then we're going to skip through all the stuff that actually makes like sense to develop the relationship. But is like, it, isn't that interesting that he made that choice? <laughs> we might have a disagreement. Yeah. Fuck might. art. Um, I think I, <laughs> just saying, man, you might there wasn't the a lot game. of that except for the beginning though, Sean, Did you, well, the, the long, slow, yeah, yeah. you know, sand shots. I'm just saying he wasn't, Pressed for time here, like no, it's a two and a half, two know, and a half hour yeah, and it, movie. You feel it, but yeah. it's I, I, I don't know. I liked it. I just didn't think that the development between the relationship felt real. Yes, it was a roller coaster. Yes, there were ups and downs, but I didn't feel like it was an earned transition. I wasn't and, with them going from that down after he tries to rape her, and then all of a sudden they're cool. I like what the think, fuck? Well, I don't think they well, love each other out of. Out of like attraction, I think they love each other out of, or will love love in it's Stockholm in, syndrome. In it's, much, yeah, well, they, they what they do with each other and to each other and for each other is out of necessity. Yeah, you know, First not of all, out of want. Did he? He didn't rape her until the public yeah. part. Yeah, the ritual. And, That's he, she, yeah. and he didn't technically like he just kind of wrestled her down. Oh, I'm not talking about that part. Oh, you mean in the ritualistic part? Yeah. That was attempted rape. Yeah. It was, no, he was going for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm he not giving credit for yeah, yeah, I just 
That yeah. would call that rape. That's okay. All right. Hey, hey, you know what? You know what? Sorry to. Yeah, I don't just... want to be that guy, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I know. I didn't mean to put you in that would corner. Like to apologize <laughs> preemptively. Either way, the point is that I think that was more later in the story. So there was yeah. a lot of moments where he he. I don't know. I felt something between them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But after, I, like I said, it was the even before the rape scene. There's a scene where he gets pissed and ties her up, and then he like but, you know, well, it, life it, is complicated, Sean. Relationships are complicated. Consider the amount of time that elapses between those two moments in the story. Though. Exactly, and the relationship only shows us those moments, and to me, didn't sell the transition between the two. So, like. I'm just supposed to assume I, I feel that like, they went from fighting to loving, but we don't have like what, you know, the, yeah. the progression of that at all. One of the things I think that, and reason why I did buy it was because of her. Um, I just want to make sure I get her name. I think she was yeah, really good. Great. Shelly Duvall. Um, the, the woman, uh, her name is Kyoko Kashida. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really good. She's got some really great range, I thought, mm-hmm. especially for this. Like, she could show some innocence and sexuality, but then she was, like, angry and passive-aggressive. And she had a lot of different— She did. She had a lot of notes. A lot of different ranges to her, a lot of different emotions to her. It wasn't like, you know, you would think that she'd be very passive because she's this prisoner who's got Stockholm Syndrome, but she's got a lot of aggressiveness to her. She fights back a lot. I don't know. She's got some, she's got a sense of humor. She laughs a lot in the beginning, not towards the end, but I don't know. She's, she just really pulls it off for me. I think she did a really good job. Yeah. Do you agree, Tim? Yeah, I do. How yeah, about you, I she was great. Yeah. Do you I know her from great. other movies? I don't know Kyoko Kyo- Kyo- Kishida. I don't know. Uh, I think you just have special feelings because you saw her naked. We she, barely she saw was her naked. Acting. But no, she yeah. was good. I think she was special. I honestly, I do think she was. Yeah. She was. She, yeah, she was really well yeah. cast. You know, okay. she was. Yeah. She. I don't think this well. was an easy she, role to. You know. Yeah. But you don't, you know, Grace Sean, she thinks she was. I just don't, I didn't find her to be anything outstanding or special. Okay. I, I feel like she, you know, a hundred other actresses could have done that just as well. Okay. I guess. I don't agree. I, I think she had a lot in her she, face. She yeah, had a lot she of like, did. Yeah. well, she had kind of just like, I don't know. You, you could put a lot into her eyes. Yes. Yeah. She's you very know. expressive. Well, she doesn't have to be expressive. You express it yourself. Sure. And I think think that's the whole thing is that, you know, you, uh, again, this whole thing is like, it could be a timeless folktale, right? Because you don't have named characters. It sort of is. You have, like, like, it's like an allegory. So you're not going to have, you know, again, it's about what it's about. You're not going to have these perfect transitions. You're not going to have like storytelling from like 2019. I'm not asking you know, for any of that. I'm just asking for you a, have acting an actual timely. I'm just asking for a relationship that's actually developing rather than just showing me the greatest hits. Like you, you know, you can't yeah. go from tying her up to all of a sudden having sex and not have something that is going to let us know that they're, you know, coming back together. Yeah. Like there's just these big jumps and you're expected to fill in a lot of fucking gaps. I thought that the transition of them, him doing that was actually really well done though. Like at the very beginning to where, uh, to where he's kind of the prisoner and then he ties her up and then yeah. she's begging for water. And then whose side are we on? You know, do we want her to get water? Do we want him to give her water or do we want to say, 
she's keeping him here, you know? I, I think that, that that's yeah. a good transition yeah, I agree. for the audience to like actually care about the, that character. And then we start to and understand they don't that care she's about. a prisoner too. Yeah. You know, even after he unties her, she still yeah. can't go. I think, Sean, you're right about the ending part. When they do like the six months later, <clears throat> when they go to December, I forget yeah. exactly. Yeah. That, that is clumsy. Or at least it's- And then it's, it's seven it's, years. It's fast By forward end, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot. That it's arbitrary yeah. That was a lot. I think that before though the the transitions were believable they were uh, it, it, they were dramatic you know because they go from they're in, fighting and fighting then he, and then love and then but it's possible they're, they're fighting they, and he brushes against her nipple and all of a sudden they're fucking that's like Sean that that, that happens in movies yeah, it, happens yeah. In, it does uh, you know it kind where, of where people can fight sex I don't want to right. say also the other the I'm other, just saying there's a way to do that where the, it's believable have you, you ever that, wrestled with somebody and then it ended up like that because well, if you haven't I can tell you that the happens. other thing like Sean know, the, tell us about it the, please we're, we're he picking was tearing it apart her house she ran over and started beating <laughs> on him to stop yeah, been they there, start wrestling that. to the ground like been there done that you know it all checks out to me. Everyone's upset. They're struggling. They fall. There's a little bit of an earthquake. I don't know what There's the a deal moment. is with those. But the sand falls down. No, so there is in that moment what what they show. You know, it's it's a little awkward with his hand in her shirt. I I I wouldn't have used that take. Uh, but, Wait, uh, but the, 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 the shot after that is great. The shot where but she covers herself. Remember, she pulls I, I, that thing. I completely that's agree. Incredible. That, was, that was great. That's but, a great but moment. That's in that the moment, moment he fell in love he, with her. Hey, shut the fuck up. Um, in that moment. Uh, <laughs> where he grabs he the nipple. He just defends her from the sand. Because it's just like right, he's right. just he happens to he just happens to be there and he shelters yeah, her because from the he sand. remembers she's got boobies and that <sighs> fuck you. <laughs> this done. is what happens I'm when done. Sean thinks every I'm man talking. in every movie is him. Yeah, that, that's what that's how he acts. But no, you know the guy has some chivalry, Sean. What I'm trying to I'm, say. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying they're <laughs> awkward jumps. <laughs> I I think you're right at the end. I just think you're being a little bit geared uh, biased because we just saw the end and it was clumsy. Yeah, it's that's been a bit of a contrary. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way, uh, let's move on. Do you guys like? Did you like the performance from the main character, um, June Ju, Junpei? Junpei. He, he was good. You know, um, uh, he he was the, the, the culturally. It's just you know, there's such a stoic kind of people. You don't really. You're not going to get a whole lot. I don't, like you know what I mean? I don't know. Honestly, Sometimes, I thought he was a little cartoony. You, like, you, uh, but you whoa, do. And have you guys watched ten, any other ten. like Japanese films from this time? Because that is not cartoony acting. Okay. Like that is like kabuki. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about yeah. <laughs> like, there's some over the top performances in like Kurosawa films that you're just like. Wow, dude, let's dial this back like a few levels here. Yeah. Right, but I'm and, not judging it against yeah. fucking, you know, all well, the crap that came before it. I'm just on its own merit that I felt in those moments, those performances were fairly cartoony. Okay. They didn't, seem, they didn't read think, as realistic. I think in this world they were cartoony. I thought every performance fit per fine. It didn't like throw me, oh, this is, this is out of place. Everything was pretty much in place. I don't know. Am I, am I wrong there, Terry? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I didn't, I think, didn't he think he was too he was over the top. I, I mean, he, there there's a few moments of overacting, but I don't think it's to the level. There's a few like, one-liners, actually. Yeah. I think that that, but that was almost a few actions too that he does, and the way he moves is kind of mm -hmm. like 
strange in some ways, like kind of big movements. Very deliberate. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, climbing up the sand, for instance, is one of the big problems with this, <laughs> yeah. right? Like selling that, that I'm climbing up, but, you know, I got to make sure I fall down mm-hmm. kind of that's, thing that's here. Tough, you that's know? tough. That's tough. That's going to be hard, you know? Yeah, point and, a camera at the sand, say <laughs> action, start clawing. Yeah. yeah. And make it look realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Dig stairs and fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget your shovel. Yeah. Don't, oh, you forgot I your think, shovel. Yeah. You I did think, the stairs too good. Do it again. <laughs> I think after the one shot where they like destroyed the whole thing and it fell down on him and they nearly killed him, they probably decided let's step it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, huh? yeah, let's that, not that was such kill a dangerous yeah, fucking shot. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> we got that one, guys. We yeah. got it. Let's uh, let's cool. not do that All again. Right. So let's get that stunt double out of here. And then... <laughs> well, getting back to him, I, I, I happen to say I did like his performance. I thought he was pretty good. I, I thought he did a good job in the beginning of kind of acting innocent and naive. And then he slowly kind of gathered what was going on and then became more, had more agency towards the end. I liked that. Yeah. His character kind of changed and he, and he did too. The character kind of got more wise to it. And at the end, he was so wise to it that wise. he loved it. Dang. Yeah. I don't know. I, I liked him. I, I, did you, I, do you like, like him at all, Derek? No, no, I mean, I, I think he's, I think he, Curious he's, what you think. I think he works in this film. He's, he's, he's good. fine. Perfectly he's got adequate, a few huh? moments, but perfectly adequate. And he's not as good as she is, obviously. I.G. Okada. I thought he was better than her. You did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, I, I yeah. thought, I thought she right. had, she yeah. really had something, you know, That's yeah. something in the way of like, like I, I kept making the comparison during the film, but like something in the way of like Shelley Duvall in The Shining, you know, that sort of really innocent, but somehow kind of eerie sort of you know i didn't really get that like there were a couple of lines that i felt like it was supposed to be a little bit weird and manipulative but like i didn't get that from her as much as like she was just kind Uh, of no it's just more in her Mm. delivery and her demeanor can i i'm gonna make a comparison but i know this is horrible because there's another asian woman i'm comparing her to but the um the woman at the end of full metal jacket the sniper do you remember that mm-hmm. when, when we did discover it's actually the sniper's Babe. a woman? Anyways, the point is that he's kind of holding her down and we all we see is her eyes and her eyes are like so angry and like fearful. And I, that reminded me of this character because it was just like, if you just had these extreme close-ups like those you know, spaghetti Western close-ups of her eyes, you'd be just, wow, she's got, that's all you need. Like she's super angry and just, you could see it all there. I don't know. To me, that's, mm-hmm. that's why I liked her a lot. But they were too busy showing feet to show us the eyes, so. Got a, they got a little of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did show just, yeah, they had like these amazing close-ups of just all sorts of, you know, like traveling up his arm to his shoulder to his yeah. face, you know. It's I will amazing. say maybe I am also a red-blooded uh, male here. She is gorgeous. She's, she, you know, it's I a little think, bit too gorgeous think, maybe for the part, honestly. Yeah, and I think she actually kind of, like it's weird to say, but I feel like she has a little more to do than he does in a lot of these scenes. I mean, he has to obviously sell yeah. the fact that he's trapped in here and everything, but she has those scenes in which she's like knows what's going on and right. she has to kind of like play it coy, but like yeah. not too much. and Deciding then, what she wants to tell him and when. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of that. And I don't think that she, I think that unlike him, uh, she never really has a moment that I felt was like over, like over the top. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very understated performance for the most part, you know? True. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's move on to a game, Sean. I think it's time so we can break up this uh, this tension. All right, gentlemen. Are you ready? 
to play the most wondrously fantabulous game to ever eat thrust forth from the bowels of the internet. The only game on the web where I look up the numbers and give you the name in the log line, and then you look up the guess the gross. Oh, God. That's fucked up. It was good. Then. I tried. You did pretty good, man. I tried. Hey, for effort. I like and also, like, I like having Derek back of. on the podcast because when I'm supposed to like hit the buttons on the thing, I always fuck it up. I just yeah. forget. Somehow you just break it. Like the buttons just stop working when you press it. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, true. Maybe I press them too hard. Yeah. So today, gentlemen, we are going to be uh, working with Sandy movies. <laughs> so first up, Sahara. Yeah. Sandy movies. It better all be Matthew <laughs> be McConaughey Sahara. movies from like the early 2000s. First up, actions never been so hot. In 2013, directed by Paul Feig, we have The Heat. The mm. Heat. Yep. I didn't even heard of this. Who's in this? This is Mrs. Sandy Bullock and uh, oh, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, Sandra Bullock and Mc- Melissa McCarthy in Paul, a spy comedy movie. Paul Fiji, eh? Yeah, Paul Fiji. This is where Val Kilmer shoots them in the street. Spoilers. I ain't seen it. Yeah. Jeez. 2013. I do like Sandra Bullock a lot. From Heat. That was a joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, different. Wow, Jesus. Joey, how much did the Heat make? It's not that great. 80. 80 million dollars, says Joey Timmer. I swear to God, 79. It was 79 already. 79 million dollars. Did you write it down? No, hundred eighty. I didn't write million. it down. I ran out of room on my napkin. Million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek will take this one. The heat came in at one hundred and fifty-nine million dollars. Yeah, one hundred fifty-nine. Huge movie. Huge. 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 I forgot. I, I, I was. I didn't take into account how much time the market had to recover. Right. <laughs> so, based on the extraordinary true story. In 2009, directed by John Lee Hancock, we have The Blind Side. More Sandra Bullock. More Sandra Bullock. Oh, so it's all Sandra Sandy Bullock. Movies. All right. This is ridiculous. Oh, I love you it. Just got it? <laughs> just got it? Sandy Bullock, Tim McGraw, uh, Quentin Aaron, Joel Hale, Lily Collins. Uh, yeah. In 2009, what did The Blind Side make, Timmer? Oh, fuck. $36 million. $36 million. Joey? $105. $105 million. And Derek? It's $121. $121. Derek takes it again. This one came in at $255 million. $255 million? More than the heat? Holy (laughs) shit. It's Melissa McCarthy, people. Did, like, what the heck? Alabama go to see that movie? (laughs) Mostly, yeah. All of them. Jeez (laughs) Louise. All right. All right, gentlemen. Next up. Don't Let Go. In 2013, directed by Alfonso Cuaron, we have Gravity. <laughs> oh of my course, starring Sandra Bullock, this is the, George Clooney, Ed Harris. This is my favorite thing that's happened on the podcast so far. <laughs> Stupidest. This is my favorite thing of any movie of any episode. I love this. Either way, Gravity. All right, Timur, right, how much did it make, Gravity? Uh, 2015. Oh. Uh, $325 million. $325 million. And Timmer? $325 million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Final answer. 170. 170. And Derek? $437 million. $437 million. Kubrick reference. 
Uh, let's see here. Two through seven. Never mind. Uh, I'm going to say uh, mm. fucking math, math, and math, math, and math. Uh, this one is going to go to Timmer. This Ooh. one came in at $274 million. <sighs> the guy right. who doesn't write anything down. Yeah. Next, oh, I right. asked him first on this one. Yeah, and on that Twice. one. It's uh, like a cave painting on the inside of my skull. <laughs> That no one can see. Yeah, it's definitely hollow in there. <laughs> There's a lot of room. <laughs> echo, echo, yeah. echo. Next up, a story about love at second sight in 1995. While you were sleeping. Directed by Ta- John Turtletaub. 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 Turtletaub? Turtletaub. Turtletaub. Of such hits as Turtletaub. National <laughs> Treasure. 1995's While You Were Sleeping. This one, of course, starring Sandy Bullock, <laughs> Bill Pullman, Peter Gallagher, Peter Boyle. What, you're just Peter Gallagher was in that? Yeah, he's asleep. Oh, Peter. He's barely in it. <laughs> he's asleep. He's asleep all the time. <laughs> and Timmer, what did it make? Uh, 95? Sandy Bullock? 1995, Sandy Bill Bullock. Bill Pullman, $75 million. This is Peak Pullman, by the way. Peak Pullman. Pete Pullman. <laughs> it is. Derek. I'll put 102 because it's Pete Pullman. Pete Pullman. Pete Pullman. Yeah. And right before Platt. Joey? 72. Which 72 is million dollars. <laughs> this is, you were all right in that range. This one yeah. came in at $81 million. That goes to Timmer. Ooh. All right. Last one up. And for the Pete win, Pullman. we are currently tied. Derek and Timmer both at Pete two. Pullman. Yeah. Peak Pullman. Peak Pullman. Peak Pullman. Peak Pullman. Let's Lake do it Placid, again. Post Pullman. Guys, Independence Day pre Pullman. Easy, easy. The Let's 21st century's most post dangerous Wolf cop, Highway. the 21st century's most ruthless criminal. In 1993, directed by Marco oh, Bambarella, it is speed. Demolition Man. Oh, oh okay. Demolition Man. Oh, I was thinking the net. That was speed. Yeah, that was almost there, but yeah. Uh, this one stars Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, and Sandy Bullock. All right. Uh, Dennis Leary is also in this masterpiece. Um, Timmer. What 151. 151 says Timmer. Bacardi million dollars. Uh, 90. 90 million dollars. And Derek? 75 million dollars. 75 no million dollars. in the snipes. And Derek takes this one away. Oh, came out 58 million dollars. 58? Yeah. It's the 90s. Gentlemen, I guess, this I guess has those been the did a lot better on the internet. Thank you for joining us. Yes, because I don't know. Wasn't I remember growing up watching like fucking The Art of War and stuff like that what is on that? VHS. Oh, I was a Wesley Snipes. Oh, Wesley wow. Snipes and so Bai good. Ling. Oh, it's fucking great. I kind of want to see it now. Oh, it's yeah, really we good. Gotta do a, we got to just do a Snipes month here. Hell Snipe, yeah. Snipecast? Yeah. yeah. Snipecast. Snipecast. Did he make any before 1960? No, no. But once mm. we get to the 90s, you bet your ass I'm making us watch all three Blades. Tune in 2050 for the Blade mm. Trilogy on Celluloid Breakdown. 2050 yeah. for sure. Man, yeah. So we kind of neglected a, a little historical context, Derek. Okay. And I thought maybe you had a little for us before we kind of moved yeah, on no. out of that. Yeah, no, I'd like that. So kind of maybe, <laughs> I don't know, you, you alluded to a little stuff about him and how he used kind of another- it's the implication. But mm. this is 64. So the, I, I mean, a different era than we've kind of been used to. We're not really in the 60s too much yet. So we've just seen Mizuguchi, which mm-hmm. was 50s, mm-hmm. different era for sure. Where would you kind of place this director in terms of historical context? How would you kind of describe him? Who were his contemporaries? Uh, yeah, global, he, contemporary, global contemporaries. Yeah. So I guess Tarkovsky would be one global contemporary. Um, okay. 
I mean, Kurosawa's still working a lot then, right? Kurosawa's still in. Okay. I mean, for but this like, is kind of his later. Well, what's this American is, cinema doing? I mean, he str- he stretched good movies into like the seventies, so yeah. uh, so he's still doing some of his best work even at this time now. You know, especially I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, trying to think what years i'm not exactly sure what other years was this considered pushing the envelope for japan i think that um i don't you see i don't know because i mean a lot of their stuff because i'm thinking of like other stuff that like were b movies that were coming out like branded to kill i think was in the 60s was this a b movie um no, no, no. I'm just saying like pushing the envelope as ah, far okay, okay. as like, because those were like, even the B movies were like, kind of like almost like art films in some regards, some yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them had uh, these things that you would say, wow, that that's, that's really sort of pushing the envelope. So I think they were, they were, um, they're edgy. Because like, I think even this is edgy for that time. I can't, you know, some Seems of the stuff that, that. I for 64 I can't imagine like what people at that time would think when they went to like a theater like here in the US and they watched this thing you yeah. know um obviously it was held in high regard because you know um it got I think I think he got like a directing nomination for an Oscar for this movie which is incredible uh for a foreign director to get a Academy Award nomination at that time, you know. Um, but uh, I, what's weird to me is that is to like uh, is to like have these three great films that he did, yeah. And then uh, and then he's got a he's got a gaudy documentary too, which is pretty good. Um, but the, there's not as much of an output because you've got somebody like Kurosawa who's just making a ton of films, Mad right? Films. Like so many. Why is it? Why do you think he is? I, I'm. I really have no idea. I have no clue as to why that is. Maybe, um, you know, and and maybe it comes down to uh, uh, just connections at the time, or or something like that, or maybe like Kurosawa was more at that time more liked by Western audiences than Teshigahara was, um, but. I like watch this and like I like this better than you know almost any Kurosawa film that's out there. I like Dreams a lot, but I think to me, and I get the reason why I'm kind of going with this line of questioning is because I think that it seems very um, out there. It, the, the sex scenes, the way they portray rape, um, Stockholm syndrome. A lot of these topics are extremely serious and especially the rape stuff that we see, the sex scene. I wasn't- I mean, For 64, it was 64, right? It, yeah. yeah. It yeah, was I not think taken we're pushing as seriously. That much, so yeah. if we look at it through the lens of okay. the period, uh, yeah. you know, which is is morally ambiguous, of course, mm-hmm. but it like it didn't carry the weight that it does today in the minds of the audience mm-hmm. in 1960. So like- How do you know that? What? Well, I mean, just like the general treatment and- 
thinking of women. Yeah. There was um, much I can more speak of a from an American standpoint. Is that, rights. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I see that, but I just think the portrayal of a sex scene in general. Oh, the sex scenes, I, I, I agree with you on. Was were, extremely. It graphic. seemed so, but I don't know, you know, because like it, like Derek was saying, we don't really know what the well, climate yeah, we, we've was got that in that culture. And that's that the thing. We have the whole Hayes Code situation. So before the Hayes Code, movies were like, you know, way, way fucking yeah. more risque than this shit. And then they shut it all down for America, but I don't know how that really pertained to Japan. But after yeah. you know, after the Hayes Code, when they opened that back up, then people started getting a lot more risque. And when they did, uh-huh. it was way more yeah. risque than this. Well, so like, I think we were just have... kind of like in a section of time that you got used to things being yeah. a little bit too clean because of those laws. They're also culturally just going to have different norms and mores yeah. too. Like nudity oh, sure. is totally different to a lot of other countries. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was kind of asking about. I think that if, if, but I think other countries might be more puritanical in this time. Um, especially in 64, we're talking about before the sexual revolution, right? This the is, American sexual revolution. Well, it's not just, we, you, you really forget about globalism. You no, know, don't, don't forget about it. Japan, UK, these were all countries that were very involved in Western industrialization, globalism in that time it's period. fair to say. Um, so the reason why, for instance, in 67, and, you know, we talk about London and Austin Powers, all this, you know, ridiculous hippie stuff is because what's happening here too. You know, it wasn't that different. The Beatles were just as popular here as they were as in there in 65 and 66, you know. I think that, but I think 64 is interesting because it's right, it is right before they really did kind of explode. Uh, mm-hmm. It is before Vietnam, right before it kind of, so everyone was kind of counterculture. Before that era, we were still kind of thinking that the government was- yeah. What year did we get into Vietnam? Well, we, we it's right Vietnam around that era. 64, but it was more it, it, French. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a real commitment of a war yet. More French troops American troops at that point. Yeah, I, I think and 65, I was near probably- the, It was wrapping up the Korean War around that time too. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. How can we fight more than one war at once? Good question. <laughs> it's a very good question. Crumbling Sean. infrastructure, Tuning perhaps. Into tinkering for the Never episode. Yeah, I would do that. I would do an episode of Politink. You to, um, email in. Energy is high this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's real high. Let's it's, let's get the energy yeah. high. Let's get it higher. It's the middle of the let's night. What do you got, Derek? You got some energy for us? Yeah, I got Derek, a little energy. Hit us with it. Yeah. Okay. So just to talk about those. So I keep mentioning that he made three like really. Great yeah. films, right? Yes. So, Pitfall, he made before this in 62. Uh, Woman in the Dunes, 64. Watch out for the alligators. Right. Um, and then- uh, Are they crocodiles? And then The Face of the Another uh, in 66, um, which The Face of an I can't talk. The Face no, of Another, uh, I've seen The Face of Another. I still have yet to see Pitfall, actually, but- the Face of Another is like kind of this like odd, like kind of horror-ish film, but it's not quite horror. It's, it's kind of like is close. Like this is probably sort of got some horror things in it as well. Obviously, we'll be talking about sound and music later. Uh, but um, but uh, he apparently moved psychological kind of stuff going on. I don't know. Whatever. The sound design is totally like something that somebody's ripped off in horror movies. Absolutely a hundred percent. Yes. Um, no doubt. No a lot, doubt. No doubt. Things and a I'm lot of girl. things about this yeah. movie. It, this I'm this was interesting because you, you, you're watching this movie and it's almost like watching a die cast for the next 30 years of cinema. Okay. Because yeah. there's so much shit that people right. have seemingly ri- seemingly yeah. and obviously ripped off from yeah. this movie. 
Um, let's go know. through some of the stuff that yeah, we yeah, let's please. fuck it up. We called it. Uh, I'm not going first. You're not going first. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go first. Me and Sean like uh, both agreed with like a that there might be a naked gun, <laughs> like naked gun, maybe referencing this because yeah. Directly after the after the sort of sex scene, there's yeah. like the sand dunes streaming down mm-hmm. like yeah. liquid. Come shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, which, and then the bird yeah. refractory period. Yes, correct. More subtle. So <laughs> and then cut to cuddling on the fucking floor in the blanket. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. totally, like totally. Those uh, I I called out another one that was uh, when he got blazing stuck in the saddles. quicksand and blazing yeah, saddles. Saddle. It's like very similar. Almost, to the quicksand yeah. scene in Blazing Saddles, which Frame. is crazy. Um, I also got a lot of Lawrence of Arabia. I don't know why. I felt like Lawrence of Arabia kind of. Didn't they come out around the same time? Obviously, it's yeah, the yeah, same. But I felt it's movie. a lot of like guys coming out of the sun. A lot of those wider yeah. shots. Oh yeah, yeah, guys coming out of the the flashlights following him. Et. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 And Goonies. Yeah, there's a so, yeah. So the sequence where he's escaping uh, and is running away from the townspeople before he falls into the quicksand. And gets carried away. There's, you know, a uh, big wide shot of him running and we can see him and, uh, you know, like he's properly exposed. But behind him, all we can see are these lights, you know. Uh, and uh, Yeah. ET. That's not how fire works. That's not how, yeah, torch. Yeah. That's not how fire works. You guys, you guys know where this was shot? Oh, in yeah. Mont- in the sand. No. No? Did, so in Japan... There- are there, there is de- a, are there uh, deserts yeah. in I Japan? I wanted to find that's, that out. I was going to so Google curious that there. Because yeah. like, you, uh, like, I hear about Japan being such a mountainous country. I've, I'm so ignorant to Japanese culture. I know nothing about it. I need to learn yeah, so much. Yeah, there's basically geography. one area that has like dunes like this. Like, wow. One Just area one. in Japan. Just and, um, and it's it's... I guess the, what's incredible about it is the fact that also you've got it like right up against uh, the, the sea, sea. Yeah. Which Actually, is, which is unusual, but you know, it kind of makes sense as to like how you could make a bootleg business of selling sand. If there's true. only one place in the fucking Island that Actually, has yeah. access. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. True. And you're trying to build a huh. fucking modern metropolis. You're going to need some fucking sand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I yeah. think there's another desert in South America, which is similar, I think in terms pretty of pretty far from Japan though, you know, no, in terms of the bio, yeah. uh, ge- geological right. kind of thing, it's, oh. it's close to the ocean, but there's you're probably like, talking about in Chile. I there's think so. one in the north part of Chile. Yeah, and there's like and there's basically yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like but it's basically the the mountain range blocks the the fog from mm-hmm. the ocean from getting there. So it's just a big bunch of it's like a shadow, you know. So you're blocking all the rain. Yeah. Anywho, that's what I assumed this was like because the ocean was so close to the desert. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. It was it was interesting. It was nice to see some. We live in a desert close to an ocean. There's yeah, many true. deserts close to the ocean. Yeah, there's a lot. All right, but you sand know what, dunes was, that go into it's got the more ocean like to that. do with yeah. like precipitation. Yeah, it's to do with the fact Global that it's warming. right next to salt. Science water. guy. Thank you, Bill Nye. I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah. When you have water, what about the Gobi Desert? Well, when you have the sand attracts water. Didn't you guys what? learn anything from this? Yeah, movie? we learned a lot from this yeah. movie, actually. Huh? Anyway, so so <laughs> smartasses. I think that the capillary action was an interesting thing I learned. That was interesting. That was cool. Yeah. 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 So so they it it was also funny because like like these days 
you kind of expect your audience to do the Googling themselves. So you don't <laughs> yeah. need to yeah, explain yeah. You shit. Would just fucking say, and it yeah. was interesting because he he explains this capillary action, but it's 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 obviously too complicated of a concept for your average audience member to really be like, oh yeah, capillary action. Okay. Well, I don't think it, that's I, I don't think the term capillary action applies to what was actually happening though. Because the thing, so? that, well, no, because the thing that he drew out was the condensation collecting yes. uh, above the, uh, yeah, on the yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and then dripping down, which is a very standard like survival uh, desert sort of water collection thing. Mm-hmm. Like you dig a pit and you put a little jar in the pit and I you put some plastic over it. Not and, just uh, I was also the sides. What's that? Oh, yeah, it was the sides of the. It, so was, it was the wood. It had to do with had, the wood. Yeah. The wood drawing in. Yeah, it was yeah. like a reverse whiskey that, sort of thing. That would be the capillary yeah. action of the wood wicking up the, right. the water around it. Around and he was, it. but that was part of his diagram. Yeah, he was but, the little arrows. Oh, I guess the worst yeah. arrows going into. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so my, going back to my larger point. Sorry. <laughs> he had to explain in the scene after that, and they did that really well by doing it uh, visually uh, in a in a diagram. Yeah. But, you know, you, you can't just drop capillary action in a movie before the internet well, and not explain what that means. I think that yeah. was very well ripped off by uh, um, uh, Home Alone. So uh, Kevin McAllister whips out the the. I kind of got, I did, I did get some Home Alone vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah there was some, yeah, several times. <laughs> yeah, like when he hit his head on like the yep. window frame. Exactly. Yeah. yeah hit his instance. head on the window frame. But like, yeah. you know. Why yeah. was he fucking shaking his Actually, clothes out of the window? There was sand everywhere. There was no Also, he didn't want to wake her up. He was making a quiet escape. <sighs> That's another transition that he has, right? We we see him like always shaking the sand out near the end. He's not doing any of that. Yeah, and no, he's yeah. just like fine. Fuck. He's like yeah. accepted yeah. his face. Well, yeah, at the end, he's kind of, you know, he's like growing a beard. He's kind of looks like a desert beak almost you know yeah so getting back i i want to name drop the because I, I didn't say exactly where this thing was in japan oh. so so tatori sand dunes is what they B-Q, are b-h-i-k-k-u it's a traveling monk hundred it's like a zen thing hundred thousand years old is how old it is apparently hundred thousand years old is what the desert yeah it's yeah fuck existed for over hundred thousand years Wow. But due to the winds, Dude, apparently. Yeah. The and Nile the, um, was like a jungle back then. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Shit. I mean, That's crazy. Geologic That's time is good. just like almost incomprehensible. But, like, but it's a fun thing to try to comprehend. Yeah, exactly. Comprehend yeah. it, guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's well, like, so that means well, I think what Sean is alluding to is that it's it's actually doesn't seem that old in terms of the four billion years of our earth. Exactly. So like to say a desert is a hundred thousand years old is you know that's not very. But if old. you well, if you put that into the lens that's, of like, if you put it in the lens human, of human life, no, that, human life, for sure. But also like even ice ages and shit, man. Yeah. Like the what I was saying, you know, like the Sahara Desert was lush farmland back then. Probably, or I think I don't know what the timeline of the Sahara Desert was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some so point, well, a yeah. hundred thousand years ago know. is about the beginning <laughs> of human civilization. Just always talking so, out like, of my ass. There, you know, before that, that's Fuck me. not a whole when lot of time. When was a flood, Tim? When was a flood? Uh, yeah. Three thousand years ago. Did the, <laughs> Tim, Gilgamesh? Anyone know Gilgamesh? Oh no, it's six thousand. Yeah, does 6, anybody remember ago. First Nephi? <laughs> Tell us the story, Tim, of when the Great Flood happened. We should take a field trip to the Creation Museum. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Let's do it. Do they have dinosaurs and people in the same? Yeah, yeah. Pre-creation. Oh no, that's post procreation. Procreation. <laughs> I am not procreation. <laughs> I am anti-creation. <laughs> All right, um, guys, we're going to move on to yeah. everyone's least favorite topic. 
Oh, what are you going to do? No, I thought we were moving on to something else. It's fine. Go ahead. Do, no, Least no. favorite topic. Go, because no, no, no. I'm, th- I'm thirsty. So Yeah, that's true. I was thinking it's just like, oh, yeah, soda time. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's not time for the game, but we'll talk about sound. It's called Guess the Sound. Oh, sound. It's good, though. You kind of fooled them into staying for my segment. No, we're out of here. Bye. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. Gotta get you know, we got to talk shit. Have fun. Don't cross dreams. Anywho. Uh, I thought you would want to talk about the sound in this one, Derek, because you were so obsessed yeah, with well, it. Yeah, when we get sound back, I'll, great. Let me know what I missed. Sure. Oh, it's sound is good. I hate those guys. Uh, Sean, it's just you and me here. Yeah, Let's talk always. about the sound. Um, I thought it was pretty... Uh, it was pretty goddamn good. And it's also very avant-garde, if you will, especially for 1964. You know, it's 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 a lot of high pitched dissonance, a lot of glissandos, a lot of trying to make you feel uneasy in a very desperate, disgusting desert world. I thought it was completely lacking in sound design. Well, I'm not talking uh, about sound design yet, but I was talking about the, the score. But oh uh, yeah, the music was there. It was fine. It was whatever. I I was just it's not just off. whatever. <clears throat> well, no, I I was just really like annoyed and frustrated at the total lack of foley. Like we're in these all these intricate shots of like all these you know tiny little creatures clicking around and scampering through things and you know glistening rocks sliding down things and like. There was such an opportunity to really get in there with some fucking sound design and yeah. make us like really kind of like feel these moments. Now there was and no, we're yeah. just gonna like play it in silence and maybe put some music in the background. Somehow it you're, succeeded. Anyways. You're right. I think the um, the rope ladder mm-hmm. was something that was it, it had foley. It just was underdone. It Way did, underdone. It just was so low in the mix. It really could have been a really and it was a big, yeah. big, big. <laughs> Prop. It was a big part of the plot and the story. We wanted to hear the every like little bit of the danger of that rope mm-hmm. ladder. You know, hear it squeak and crack, and maybe it's going to fall and add some tension to that little moment. So that would have been nice. So I think it was totally underdone. The footsteps were underdone too. Like it could have been like you know, especially when he was trying to sneak out. Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. make a clean getaway would have been nice to hear some like really slow footsteps on the sand. I don't know, some yeah. little added yeah, tension. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. It was, as you said, a missed opportunity, missed moments. Although, give me, give me something other than the actual sound of like stepping in sand. You don't like, like that sound? God no! Is that, it's ter- oh, is it, that a, it yeah. really for me? Like it gives it sends shivers down my spine because the kind of like maybe that's that, why like, they should yeah, do it. Yeah. How yeah. do you feel about like stepping on cold, like fresh snow, like that crunch? Does that yeah, same deal. I same deal. deal. Love same that. deal. Oh, same man, deal. that's like Sorry. ASMR same to me. Deal. I love that shit. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you guys want to get that sound, by the way, take some um, cornstarch. And mm. if you have it in a box, yeah. just put your thumbs on it and just push really hard with your thumbs. Oh. You get the exact sound oh, of pushing, of, of walking on snow. Oh, man. wow. What they use for Foley. Anyways, I think that that's a good thing, Derek, because it would make you feel uneasy. Just, yeah, true. Just like the dissonance yeah, of that score. Uh, you were talking earlier about how much I would love the sound design and the score, I suppose, of this film. Yeah. And there was Glissando's galore. It really was. It was. <laughs> yeah, Glissando's galore. The I even wrote Joey that. Joey Bonnier. Lots of high pitches. And it wasn't just yeah, Glissando's. That's what G.G. Allen's name was. It was Glissando's Galore Allen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's what made him Rest so pissed off. Rest in power, G.G. No, that guy was a piece of shit. 
He also threw pieces of shit. True. Um, The high pitches of the score were also really interesting because they had them during a lot of different moments. Like the beginning, just when we're walking through the desert, and then they had it throughout the the big sex scene, the long, uncomfortable sex scene. Let Mm. me ask you something, sir. Uh Uh-oh. When those high pitches were going on, were there any other sounds going on? Sometimes yes. Sometimes yes. Okay, so that's probably why this score fucking felt like absolutely nothing to me, because <laughs> I didn't hear any goddamn noteworthy high pitches. So that is just a- I think they were above 15K. I don't know, man. That's It's not something that I, like, as you're talking here, none of that rings a bell for me. Yeah, it rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. Mm. I, w- I guess I kind of want to go back and hear your There was a bell, there. too, that they didn't ring yep. in the background, <laughs> speaking of. Yeah. There could be like entire really? parts of movies that I'm missing, I think. Chekhov's bell? Yeah, Chekhov's bell. I, I wanted to hear that thing ring because, you know, the, the, they say that uh, they can hear that in the underworld. So mm. I also yeah. think that the... You know, the Kate Beckinsale movie. Oh, gosh. I... <laughs> <laughs> Stop hijacking my segment. Oh, uh, go ahead. You're doing yeah. good. This is the best sound corner ever. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's going good. well so, so far. Probably the finest episode, I think. Galore. If you'd like, we you guys write in. galore. Yeah. Uh, I think also the high-pitched dissonant stuff was really yeah. comparable to the stuff you'll hear in The Dark Knight when you see, when you see the Joker. Yeah. When you have that electric violin glistening up. Yeah, that and, kind of Hans Zimmer-esque. Absolutely. And I think that it's supposed <laughs> to be madness. It's supposed to be insanity in The Dark Knight. And I liked that kind of element here. It added the, the insanity of yeah. going crazy, of just being alone in the well, desert. It's, it's kind of the sonic experience of like that, that lens trick where like the... The the subject focuses in while the background focuses or sure. the subject is in the background. Zolly. 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 Out. Yeah, whatever the fuck. Um, but uh it's like, you know, the sonic experience of that, you know. To me, that's more of the shepherd tone. Yeah, I think it's about what I agree. It's a combination when you take, I would give the example of Saving Private Ryan when you have the grenade going off by your ear. You have that high pitch. Yeah. And then everything else kind of loses that focus around it. That fucking tinnitus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're right, though. Blackhawk down, too. But yeah, absolutely. That high pitch is part of that. And it makes you, I don't know, focus or whatever it is from the trauma. It just puts you in that. I kind of felt a little, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. A little You're Johnny wrong. Greenwoodish in this. Too. Absolutely, um, Johnny Green. Well, because like he did, especially because he did the score head? from "There Will Be Blood," is what he's kind of referring that's what to. What I'm referring to. Oh, oh I didn't know he did scores. Yeah, yeah. there's oh, a lot of good dope, ones. Dude. Uh, "There Will Be Blood" is is no, is notorious, not notorious. It, in, it's one of his best, and especially because it yeah. shows the emptiness of West Texas. I thought it worked a lot really well here. The only thing is, I think they could have added more BG, more background. There was some wind. Nerd. Well, you kind of were talking about it earlier, Sean. They needed more, BG. BG. more, BG, more BG, sound BG, design. It needed yeah. more, yeah, BG more Allen. wind, you know, and it had some. It just needed <laughs> yeah. more. You know, I, d- I did not feel the soundscape. I did not feel like the presence of the weight of where we were as much as we felt it in the visuals. Like mm. there's a ton <laughs> of true. preciousness put into the visuals and none of that yeah. was translated to the sound, which is I just found kind yeah. of... 
um, hollow in like many ways. I think you're right. It's simple stuff to me that was lost opportunities where just making the wind louder as you are getting closer to the rim of the quarry or the rim of the, the, totally. the pit. A little bit of whistling. Yeah, like, just, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the outside world is getting louder and yep. more and more, you know, in, uh, obtrusive as you're getting closer to the top. That could have been nicer. Um, stuff, especially at the beach, you know, when he first, when he finally got to the ocean, there was barely yeah. any ocean sounds and birds would have been a nice touch to show, okay, here's more of what he was missing. Right. But like, especially like in, in those situations, like, you know, when you're camping in the woods or you're just kind of in an isolated place away from cities, all those little sounds get so much more amplified. So you're so much more aware of like every little twig that you step on and like every little branch or leaf that you brush by, you hear that and you notice that. And like, you know, to me, that would have been yeah, again, it's just a huge missed opportunity. I think I think the goal of this movie is to make you feel it, not see and hear it so much. How do you feel what? it if you don't see and hear it? Is that it, to, that doesn't <laughs> quite pan out there because no. seeing and hearing sometimes makes you That's feel how it you feel closer. It. <laughs> like, I disagree, but I think it's just trying to do something play. else. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it's like intentionally devoid. Well, wouldn't you agree that good sound design is more immersive? Good, you know what is good? Well, uh, the I don't know, immersive. <laughs> good. What is good? You know, no, what I'm this? saying a better like, sound design can make them the, a story or a movie more immersive. Is good the thing that accomplishes my goal? Is that what defines good? Or is I don't know. It depends the on the thing? movie, but I think this one you said it's try. It's not. It's not. I just it felt. It what I'm saying is it felt like a choice to me. It didn't feel like a mistake. It didn't you feel like something he, he just didn't do. What, what was like, the choice? I'm sorry. L- 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 oh, as little little sound design as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of you know to to place us uh-huh. right. you know to, in a, to in be a clear purgatory. though. What? I, to be clear though, I don't give a fuck if it's a choice or a mistake. We're looking at the end result. So like in, oh, yeah, in, I know. In, well, that's that's kind of just a problem I have with movie critiques in general. Is that like. Are we talking about what they intended? Are we talking about what they wanted to do? Or are we talking about the movie we're actually watching? And here, like, whether it was a choice or whether it was an accident, whatever, there's still just a lack of any sort of, yeah. you know, there's so much preciousness I guess I'm just trying to say I, I enjoyed that. Right, right. I, and that, well, that's great. I mean, I think, I think you were talking about two different things. I think the, the pre-1977 films in general, pre-Star Wars, we have to really understand a pre-sound design. They yeah. didn't quite, they're not as full. They're just, they're not. We, and we're kind of comparing them to movies of today, or at least I am movies it's, of today that are have, have a full background sound design. It's not part. Like there was no sound design before Star Wars. I mean, they, they, of they course, did but a, I'm just saying they weren't as dense. I don't believe, at least in my generalized opinion, I know. And I think 1964 is of that era where they're not going to have anything like that. Yeah, I'm quite certain mm. they're not probably even capturing much onset sound at all. Right, like most of oh, this is no. dubbed. It's all dubbed. Like it's, it's all, all dubbed, it's all, right? Yeah. So for, I mean, for the most part, America is one of the yeah. few countries that actually does do onset that, sound. That being said, like I mean, obviously, like there's exceptions to the rule. Like Brisson does a lot of fucking well, sound design stuff. Like that's literally a, the one yeah. exception. Well, the uh, huge one. Exception. Yeah, and that's the way we know we've seen it. And we talked about it, but I think yeah. that, that is unique also because of the POV stuff too. When you have a lot of the point of view stuff mm-hmm. and, it's, and there's no dialogue, it is just when you, that character is alone in a cell, right. the sound design is, is a True. whole character in itself. Yeah. And, and there are, you know, and, and it comes down to a lot of times too. Um, so 
The thing is, is that throughout the whole movie, uh, I, I I get what's I get what's being said that there maybe should be like there should be more uh, around this and everything. Um, I can think of one example, for instance, in which there's uh, a choice that's made that this sound is like kind of totally missing, and another sound is like brought up, and it's not actually in this movie. It's in another movie. It's called Winter Light. Uh, there's like a scene where basically a body's been found mm-hmm. and it's in a river and you see like people like on the bridge and they're talking and everything and there's no sound of that. Instead, you just hear the river, like just the roaring river. And it's kind of obviously uh, given in the context of the film, it kind of makes sense why he would choose to do that. Mm-hmm. Um over the, I, I think that if you make that kind of selection over an entire film, it's more difficult to uh, justify. You know what I mean? Like, right. It just seems like there probably could be a little more time spent on those things. And I, I do think- it's, I think it's a tough the, thing to judge yeah, intention. It yeah. is. You can't, especially in the older films yeah. with sound, because yeah. a lot of stuff really is- a victim of the technology. Mm-hmm. Some of it, you're right, might just be, I want this to be a more open, silent film with minimal li- minimal sound effects. That might be part of the choice as well. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of trouble, and I have trouble myself finding those distinctions. Yeah. And I, you know, there's some things that like, I think, I think that we understand without understanding it that can be done through minimalism. For instance, a single solitary barking dog in the distance that always makes me feel kind of like lonely. Yeah. And that's something that I think works across almost all uh, cultures, you know? So it's a way to to do that and like everybody kind of gets that. And even if they don't, even if they're not aware of it, they kind of feel that. Um, I, but yeah, I can't think of an instance of that in this necessarily. Well, it's funny is there was dog barking um, in a couple of moments. That's true. In the yeah, that's right. When when he like when he's being chased. chased. Yeah, when he was being chased. Yeah, yeah. And he was running kind of through civilization, not civilization, but the village yeah. uh, of the desert. Right. So it was like, oh, he's going through the houses, you know, like backyards of Ferris Bueller, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Not, not that tone, <laughs> but um, but I think what you're saying is is why I love sound is is the mm-hmm. universality of it. Is yeah. I talked about this before about glissandos and the Doppler effect, and the reason why we think glissandos make us all anxious is because the predators are getting closer. Right, right. So I think that that is true. I think the dog thing is not necessarily universal. That you don't think so. Well, I, I don't know if everyone treats dogs yeah, in every yeah, culture the same. Yeah, I, I don't no, know. but uh, maybe a distant I, maybe I, howling dog, regardless of if it's wild or maybe. someone's pet, is maybe. still, yeah. Well, what, what I mean, you're not universal. I mean, 99.9. You know what I mean? Like, there might be a tribe in the oh, Amazon with well, no- Nothing is completely Well, universal. that's what I'm saying. Glissandos kind of are. Okay. Because they've, been, they've literally shown them to tribes in the Amazon and uh, in Africa that haven't right had Western on. contact, you know, and they feel the same way. Mm. And that is because it's built in evolutionarily because of the, yeah, the yeah. predator kind of thing. Hmm. Either way, the point is that that's one of the lovely things I love about sound. But I think the, either way, you're right in that even if you're dividing it based on culture, the dog makes you feel this way, the dog doesn't make you feel this way. That's still interesting. Yeah. And that, you know, that makes a film unique to its, its perspectives. It's one of the reasons why I like the fact that I'm, we were kind of arguing earlier about the fact that we, one of us thinks that it's more about staying in your lane and it, the opposite is, can be true too. That's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so- well, You I, guys always think I'm wrong. I didn't think you were wrong there. I agreed with you there. <laughs> but 
Yeah, there's always a divide here. There is usually. Usually. I mean, that's also what makes a good podcast, right? I mean... I would agree. Yeah, and if you agree out there, don't forget to donate to the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, we have a Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon. It's open and available. It's on the internet. Uh, we God. got some kind of... We, we're, we're, what, 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 what's the deal that we got out there this week, yeah. Tim? So if you <laughs> donate to the Patreon... Yeah, here we go. Um, I will, like, every dollar that you donate to the Patreon, I will give you one number and uh co- correspondingly one letter of my address <laughs> uh and so wait for one dollar is for a, a letter yeah, and a number for, for a really disappointingly small <laughs> amount of money <laughs> for 10 me. bucks <laughs> well, they don't have to kill you they could just come hang out kill me <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Kill so, uh, right, so. Tim for less than $50. <laughs> yeah. At uh, patreon.com slash podcast. All right, guys. Thank you for your donations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. You know, also, you know, listen to our podcasts. Yes. We also have other episodes. But uh, some of them are going on. Who knows? Circling back. Less and less. Yeah. All right. Let's move on because I think you guys are bored of sound already. Nah. No? Okay. No, was bored. your collective was sigh? Wasn't the no, sign? It's, it's over. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's over. over. Sean, tell us what this movie looked like, please. Yeah, what tell us like. what we won. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty. It was, you Beautiful. know, uh, one, three, three to one. It was black and white. Um, dude likes his foreground elements. So there's always something kind of working in the foreground. And there are these, like, really sort of wide, well-constructed masters that we kind of live in and breathe in with very subtle movements. So like one of the scenes that kind of struck me was there's a scene where uh, kind of towards the beginning of the movie where the the man is really just first meeting the woman and we're in a shot that's kind of fairly wide, sees the entire area or sees the entire room that they're in. We see her walking back and forth behind him and his body in that foreground. And the camera is just panning left and right, watching her kind of like getting dinner ready or something, moving things back and forth. But his body is just completely still basically like this pillar in the middle of the scene that is, um, almost completely non-lit, like a black sort of silhouette of him and just kind of focusing back and forth on her. It never cuts to a close-up. It never cuts to anything else. It just plays that whole scene out in that one sort of perspective. We really don't get into their faces. We don't get into, like, emotion. We just kind of, like, see that thing happen. And it was interesting. I think that plays into part of why I don't see the relationship as well, just because, like, it feels like the cinematography was more important than portraying what was actually the emotional relationship between the two of them. So yes, that was like a beautifully stunning scene, but and like well, well crafted in its simplicity, but it also, I don't think did the job of connecting the characters in a way that another form of coverage would have. So I think that was a problem I had with this movie is that like, while it, each shot was pretty and each shot can be like printed as a postcard. There was a disconnect between the actual cinematography and the relationship that was developing. 
Do you think um, it worked to make the relationship colder or more distant? It definitely had that effect. I don't know if that was necessarily the best effect for the okay. the relationship we were trying to show, though. I see. So you, if you would have been the DP, you would have shot it slightly differently, more coverage kind of thing? Well, I mean, every DP is going to shoot things differently. So of that's course. obviously it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, um, th- this is an older school way of shooting is staying in these, you know, mm-hmm. wide master shots that can stay for a long time. Um, you know, anyone that was shooting it today would probably uh, attack it very, very differently. But I think even just from thinking of a relationship standpoint, like getting those same sort of framings by moving just a little bit to see the, you know, sort of emotion that they're portraying at that moment would help to kind of sell those things. So, you know, again, we get into that whole like choice versus accident. I don't really care. This is the movie that we're seeing and I don't see a connection between the characters. Tim, you agree with that? Yep. How did you feel? How did you feel about the? <laughs> how did you feel about the cutaways? The you know, like the, the sand cutaways. A lot of those. I loved it. Everywhere. I really loved it. I, I I'm I'm a big fan of kind of like experimental cinema or like like more abstract cinema. Um, I like abstraction Fucking in just art. about anything. Well, yeah, man, fuck mm. me, you know. Uh, but uh, but I just absolutely love that. It's so mesmerizing and so like just really captures the that kind of that that hypnotic sort of air that the desert has. To Are it. you into the desert? Yeah. Why? Uh, you know, I'm I'm into just about any any kind of biome. I spend a lot of time outside. I go camping probably like twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um. Or more often than that. Obviously, <laughs> we're close to the desert, but you choose to go. I mean, we could go. You could go to the mountains. You yeah. Could go. Well, I was out in the Salton Sea not too long ago, and it's just, yeah. There's just something absolutely amazingly hypnotic about it because it's something so big and so barren and so yeah. inhospitable, you know. And and I agree. There's there's just a there's something that's not for us to know. I think you're there. right. I think there's something special about the desert. Um, I, uh, to tell us, not a story, it's a quick thing. It's just that, that I was in, when I was lived in Israel, we went on this little trip to the Negev, which is south of Israel, and it's pretty much a huge fucking desert. And what they would do, and we were only 17, but they would take, they would say, all of you just go off into your own direction, walk for 20 <laughs> minutes by yourself, and then sit there and just for like a half an hour by yourself. Yeah. And it was amazing to like, you know, to tell a bunch of young kids to just sit by yourself in a desert is a pretty amazing experience, actually. Yeah. Did you find your spirit animal? I didn't, but I did. I was pretty chill. I was in, it was fun. Mm. <laughs> I, did, I didn't really have any like, you know, epiphanies or anything like that. But I, I did experience what I loved about the desert, which is the emptiness, the ability to just kind of focus on nothingness and yourself if you want. Yeah, really, you're the you only want. thing that's there. Yeah, you know, it's it's the closest natural thing to sensory deprivation that you get, mm-hmm. um, because you're completely like a desert is is a biome without stimuli, kind of, you know, because there's you know, obvious, yeah, lizards, microbes, and grass, and lizards. Yeah. Did you feel yeah. like you were in the desert after watching this film? Like you took a trip? To the I desert? felt like I was there with everything he was going through. Honestly, I agree. Yeah. I yeah, I really, really felt this film, and I was really invested in it. You know, and mm-hmm. I think all of us were. I was, yeah. kind of, I was not expecting you guys to be in, as into this as as we all were, but I also wasn't expecting this to be so universally just good. 
The reason why was because you were <clears throat> weighing it between Lion and Winter before. And I was thinking this could not be a more different film than Lion. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's just, no, absolutely not. Couldn't, couldn't a, be more different. Yeah, the, sh- the bends. Yeah, like that 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 water shows up and like I'm so thirsty. It's oh so, yeah, I forgot yeah. about the water. So thirsty oh, that's such a beautiful they do sequence. That. I, th- I forgot to talk about that because really the patterns were really start. They started the film yeah. with mm-hmm. the waves. And I loved how they actually intercut the waves of the dunes with your fingerprint. Yeah. That was yeah. really badass. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not even sure I kind of quite grasped the actual metaphor there, but the idea of the uniqueness of each fingerprint and the maybe the uniqueness of the desert, I don't quite or even get it. the identity of the desert or his identity being stripped away by the desert. Ooh, that's better. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Or hmm. Just like the sand like wipes it. away your fingerprint. Yeah, I like it, Tim. That's a good one. Bullshit. Write that one down, beautiful. Tim. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's poetry. Yeah. Sean yeah, loves I, it. I, Sean, I, Sean's going to get a shirt actually, with us. I'm going to jump. I, I do poetry, and, and you can read some poetry of it on, corner. on my Instagram where I do bad art. <laughs> Please tell us what that Instagram is. Yeah, that Instagram is just, it's just me. It's just at timothy.jeff.snow. You know, just all me. It's J or Jeff? Timothy.jeff.jeff. Jesus Christ. Timmy, I do Timmy this Jeff. every time. Get your shit together. Tim, just make sure. His own fucking I'm sorry name. if I hold, please. I oh have to close. Looking at close hinge. Let's vamp, <laughs> guys. Let's vamp. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that like uh, what? so. There's a lot of uh, there's, Whoa, there's one sequence terrible. where they have Timothy.j.snow. Timothy.j.snow. You can visit my bad art there. Okay, it's on Instagram. Yep, we're lawyers. If, you, yep. if you're not getting enough of his bad art here. Um, Derek, please. They have that scene where they cut in between like kind of this just normal kind of master and then they go into like like a oh, macro. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> of like and and of like a chin and like some, some you know, her chin. A little stubble. Yeah. Her hands, Sand stubble. They, yeah, they were all about they were every all single about, part of the skin yeah. except the, you know, really naughty bits. Well, right. they were showing everything that they were allowed to, and, and then they were showing Still, it everything so... they weren't allowed to in other ways, which is yeah. what is the difference between good it, cinema and bad cinema. And yeah. I gotta say, okay, that Scorsese. to me, <laughs> to me, it's uh, a roller coaster. This that the sex scene in this has to be like, su- like it's super erotic without showing anything, yeah. right? It's so erotic. Have you yeah. seen Parasite? I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and it's like, no, I have I'm not. all boned mm. up over here. There, <laughs> there's a scene, uh, there's, ooh, there's a sex scene in Parasite that right is now. like, not necessarily similar, but has that same sort of like super erotic, but like not actually showing anything. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know if that's a, a cultural thing or if it's, you know. Taken from this? Yeah, yeah, it seems. There, there, there. I felt a similarity there, and that could like, be. I mean, I could be taken from this. I mean, this thing is kind of more highly regarded now than it like used to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of you know, because I mean, you know, Criterion Blu-ray has it, and um, I mean, it's a that, beautiful, uh, yeah, a beautiful, it was like hard to find the, the scan or whatever the fuck you're gonna call that. How how they how they restore scanners? It. Yeah, yeah look, the scanners. Uh, them scanners. Good. Scanner. I liked it. The scanners didn't look like it was an old one. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> was did it look as good as the lighthouse? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. No, the lighthouse didn't look as good as this. 
Not as, yeah. This was better than the lighthouse. This looks better in the this trailers. The lighthouse. lighthouse was still pretty yeah. fucking good though. Yeah, you're wrong. Similar story. I there was one other shot I want to He's talk about wrong. real quick. Uh, that remember that remember the one where uh, Less you, you guys are when I uh, so <laughs> we're inside. We're inside Sandy with the guy. <laughs> Uh, he takes the light outside. They kill all of the lights inside and like bring oh, the lights yeah. outside. Fucking great, dude. I love those transitions That's like that cool where it feels gag, so, those light gags that feel so unnatural yeah, that nobody yeah. does anymore. Yeah. But when you see it, you're just like, wow, that's, that's cinema right there. I love that. Right? I love that shit. You <laughs> see, know? That, that was like the thing that made it feel cheesy to me. Like, uh, the, I, mm-hmm. guess it, I guess it's just kind of fun though. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's another one of those things, Sean, that you might not like it because it pulls you out. It does pull yeah, it, it pulls you out. It's, it's like you know, like you're watching a movie, yeah. but you know, yeah. for four for four dudes sitting and watching it was movies, clever. It was cl- you know, yeah. for the sake well of watching movies. And cool. I don't know, I don't know if people who don't know anything about cinema, they may feel that something about that is off, but they may not understand no. why. Yeah, that's really like that. And then it's so just it's enigmatic, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So listen to our podcast. We'll explain why. It's yeah. Really so you're going to learn stuff. I, you Maybe. said it on top of three people saying it. So I was yeah, saying it a little bit. Say it again. No, nah, you, you're the only ones that don't listen to me. Everyone else does. What did you say? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking right now? Oh nope. my God. All okay. right. You know what that means, guys? It means Is it time? It's time. Boom. Okay. It's called Guess the Oscar Picks. For now. <laughs> Can we record that now? Uh, yeah, it. I want that a button. Yeah. 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 We should be able to just keep adding to it. No. We should. Yeah. Just over and over. Because then you guys are going to just keep doing stupid shit and try um, to make it buttons. I love Jesus. Yep. Oh, it's back. Okay. <laughs> well, so, it, it was broken last week. Yeah, it was. I know. It's, that's why I said it's back. Okay. So just to be clear, it was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. It didn't win. Son of a uh, bitch. But, oh, it should have won. But that's pretty amazing. That is pretty cool, man. What are we doing ni- as the 64 Oscars? 19, well, yeah. 65. 1965 for the movies of 64. All right, let's go right into it. We're going to do Best Actor. We got... Matt Damon. Anthony Quinn for Zorba the Greek. Peter O'Toole in Beckett. Richard Burton in Beckett. Rex Harrison in My Fair Lady. Where we got Peter Sellers... For Doctor Strange, love for pretty much everyone. Sellers. I always mix up Anthony Quinn and Omar Sharif. Who's the My Fair Lady <laughs> person? Rex Harrison. Okay, Rex Harrison. Professor Henry Higgins. Uh, Omar Sharif. That's not an option. Anthony Quinn. That's an option. You're wrong. The answer is Rex Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. My it. Fair Lady, Sean. Not a fan. I thought Never you would love it. Me. It's one of your best musicals. You would love it. You love musicals. <laughs> you love musicals. Yeah, you love musicals. Sean, you you're the kind of guy who loves that happy-go-lucky musical. Yeah. You know, right? Singing in the Rain. I do like the Singing in the Rain. This one's all about, uh, you know, learning how to speak properly. You might really appreciate it. Oh, really? It. Yeah. Moses Supposes does it. It really is, yeah, all about that. Mm. Let's go to Best Actress. We got Debbie Reynolds for the unsinkable Molly Brown. Maybe she was in that movie. Kim Stanley, Seance on a Wet Afternoon. The weird title. That's that's a good movie. I, I like that movie. That's a really? like horror movie. It's pretty good. Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins, and Bancroft, The Pumpkin Eater, where Sophia Loren, Marriage Italian Style. Reynolds Rap. 
I'm going. Yeah, I'm going the first. You say Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie say Julie Reynolds. Andrews. Julie Andrews is correct. Mary Poppins. God dang it. Mary Poppins. Really? Come on now. Know it. Fucking bullshit. Mary Poppins. That second one was bullshit. You guys see that fucking thing? Which one? Piece of shit. The newest one that just came out this year. All those movies are Oh, dude, all the new Disney shit is just trash. Any, yeah. Just, I no love Disney. Here. Yeah. Love. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm in love Disney with Money, world. please. Disney, yeah, exactly. There's no choice. <laughs> yes, like yeah. everything is owned by Disney now. Don't yes. listen to this, Disney. Yes. Fuck the mouse. Ooh. Geez. I'm not going to say that. That's I want, not I want my money. opinion. <laughs> yeah. Disney, please sponsor this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sponsor us. We're going to. We'll, we'll kick Sean off. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, no, don't. don't. <laughs> or he'll keep his mouth I'd shut. I'd actually prefer the not other. to be sponsored by Disney. Uh, yeah, they're kind of evil. Can we not get yeah. sponsored by Disney? I just feel oh. like then we can't do anything. I mean, it's seven. <laughs> for seven <laughs> figures, whatever. Star Wars is amazing. It's Jesus never done anything Christ. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys kill everything. Thanks. Rogue One was perfect. Pricks. Moving on. Moving on. Best director. Go yep. Porg. Robert Stevenson for Mary Poppins, Michael Kakayanis for Zorba the Greek, Peter Glenville for Beckett, George Cukor, My Fair Lady, or Stanley the Manly Kubrick for Dr. Strangelove. Beckett? Say Peter Cukor. Glenville for Beckett. He says Kukor for My Fair Lady. Timmer? Zorba the Greek. Kakayanis for Zorba the Greek. The answer is George Kukor for My Fair Lady. Oof. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's move on to the big kahuna. Big kahuna. Best picture. We have Poppins, Mary, (laughs) (laughs) Strange Love, Doctor. (laughs) I don't know why. Beckett or My Fair Lady. Oh, I forgot one more. The Greek Zorba. (laughs) I'm going My Fair Lady again. Yeah, I'm going to go My Fair Lady. I'm uh, 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 Poppins, Mary. The answer is My Fair Lady. Uh, what was that one about? What was it? My Fair Lady? It's a yeah. Fair Lady. Yeah. She's fair. She's fair. So she's just like pale? The girl is mine. Or is she just like very even keeled? She's pale. <laughs> <laughs> she just can't go outside. <laughs> she, just, she needs a lot of sunscreen. Yeah, my, my Fair Lady is just like, like the boy in the bubble. <laughs> one, I think <laughs> one young lady's struggle with vitiligo. She sings. Let me see. She, she speaks one this version Christmas. of British and she needs to speak another one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Her version of English. English is not quite up to star. It's not quite, yeah. Still British. Still British. Still British. All right. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Here we go. It's called Guess the Oscar For now. For now. There's a lot of layers in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, guys, we kind of went over this because we talked about the characters before, but I think now would be a good time to do a little cast it today. Uh, there's no there's no sound effect for that. We're just no, gonna, no, no. I just pressed stop. Going to cast it today. I just pressed stop. He, he just pressed. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's pressed, a good sound He pressed stop. That's just really. today one. <laughs> Anywho. All right. Derek. What? Who would you pick as, let's say, the lady, the leading lady of this film? Um, Who would you pick for today? Which of the Emmas? <laughs> Who would you pick for Kyoko Kushida's role? Gosh, who should play this? You know what? I'm going Kate Beckinsale. Because of the Underworld oh, movies. Because of the Underworld yeah, movies. You, mm. She could do it. She could do it. Yep, Kate. It's all about Kate. Beckinsale, she could do it. I'm going Sandy Bullock. That's not a bad pick. <laughs> 
I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go J Lo. You know why? Oh Jesus! Did I think you J see Hustlers. J Lo. No, I didn't. Jenny uh, from the block. Yeah. J Lo. Right. I like that. I think J Lo would have a star turn. J Lo and Gerard Butler. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, asses in seats. If it's J-Lo, it's some other, like, stunt casting, like Ricky Martin trying to make a comeback or some shit. Like, J-Lo put her in with and Ricky Justin Martin. Bieber. He was a mouse kid or something, wasn't he? Or he was a menudo? Either way. It's <laughs> the Mickey Mouse of something. I'd go Damn. in, I'd go in, like, I'd really have to, I'd really have to hire, like, the best makeup artist that I, that money could buy for this. Edward James almost. But no, I'd want to put, I'd want to almost do like an Eileen Warnos's character, like the Eileen Warnos character from uh, Monster, the way that mm. they did Charlize Theron's like makeup and hair. But I want to do that to Beyonce in this. Okay. And I want to, I want to give like, I, I really want to put like just a, who, who's, who's a good piece of wood actor that you can just set there. Keanu? Oh, the, no, the guy from Keanu, Drive. You know yeah. Keanu. Sure. No, you know, he's he just he's because he's Keanu, man. Who's the you guy know, from Drive? He's breathtaking. Ryan Gosling. Oh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that's no, a piece of wood. Fucking no, dude. No, 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 no. no, no. Clive Owen. Clive Owen. That there we go. There wood. we go. A good piece of wood. He yeah. was like the 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 kind of character that he played in like uh, Children of Men, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. But like, but but give Beyonce the performance of a lifetime. I think she did great. really yeah. strip her of all that queen bee. She had that as fine. Find that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would love to direct that performance. That'd be dope. Yep. I Fuck think off and die. You piece of shit. We're doing a film <laughs> podcast about movies, <laughs> but we're going to change it. Mm -hmm. We're going to change it. It's not going to be about sand and desert. It's going to no. be about snow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's frozen. Yeah. Okay. How would and that And there's going to be like wild wolves around. Yeah. Wild wolves. And, yeah. And, and, and like, they're hungry. But you've got you've got uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah. Nude. Yeah. He's running around with the oh, wolves. Oh, so the gender naked. switch. You're doing a gender switch. Yeah. So Kevin Costner plays Kyoko's role. Kyoko's role. Yes. And he's just nude, covered in sand. Tatanka. Yep. And and uh, uh, we get those uh, close-ups of his body. Yeah, and Blythe Danner. <laughs> and <laughs> such a weird. And there's pick. a scene. There's a scene in there where where Beyonce's yeah. like, "We got to go outside." You know, Gwyneth's mom. <laughs> we got to go outside, and we got to kill some wolves. What Are you that? with me or not? Yeah. And then uh, and then and then he's like, "Okay." Yeah. And the wolves are all played by Woody Harrelson. This is supposed to be casted today, not create a new movie. <laughs> you're, you're in charge. This is, yeah. this is casted today. Very long days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm barely in charge, Sean, let's be honest. Also, if we could find a way to get vampires in this, that would be, be awesome. That'd be, like, honestly, that's the only thing the script is missing at this point. Because they're working at night already. Right, have you guys seen so, Bubba Hotep? They are, they are, they are. Kind of yeah, you kind of got like a thirty days a night scenario. Yeah, yeah, there. it's true, it's true. Yeah, and yeah. and so there you want Josh Hartnett. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's more actors in this than there are parts. <laughs> yeah. So, 
So we're just changing them out, you know. <laughs> Every scene, he's a different actor. Sometimes, it's like sometimes, the opposite of Cloud Atlas. Sometimes, yeah, we'll no, have... it's like the end of uh, Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. See if you like on this. Purpose. See if you like this. I think this is really good. Sometimes we'll have one actor playing like a part, yeah. and then another actor just kind of laying and shimming <laughs> behind them as their shadow. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> That's that's how you do Peter Pan as a stage yeah. play. And we've we've turned this movie into Dogville. <laughs> Except I would uh, I would much prefer to watch this movie yeah, than is the idea to, to cut, try to cram in as many big names as possible. Yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the idea of most movies. Yeah, the idea to be a who's who. The of, idea you know, was who? to take this segment very seriously. Ah, yeah. I have an idea. Yeah. Um, you know how they made George Clooney be the dog in South Park? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, you know, I think that we have all the famous actors be the Insects. Oh, the insects. Oh. I like that. Do like they all that. have to do their own little insect sounds? So you get Jerry Seinfeld, and he's mm. a little bee, right? Of yep. course. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, yep. <laughs> Woody Allen. He might be an ant. I think Jeff Goldblum would get to play the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be. <laughs> Who plays the human centipede? I don't know. <laughs> all the same. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Aiden Christensen. There's another to, wooden actor. Yeah. yeah. He could come in. He's yeah. terrible. He could play a piece of wood. Where do you think literally. he works these days? Like, what do you think? Like, Blockbuster. Domino's. Blockbuster. Like, you think he's like, like. <laughs> he just shows up to a defunct Blockbuster. <laughs> like, works, holds a flashlight. Works in logistics for Ikea now or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He probably does Hallmark movies. Let's be honest. Probs. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah he, he just has lunch in West Hollywood. That's pretty much. I actually am Probably pretty good friends job. with him, I mean, so let's not be mean to are him. Are you? Yeah. Wait, you know Hayden no. Christensen? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just completely. Damn it. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Our viewers spiked yeah, and yeah. then dipped. <laughs> yeah. For a half a second, I did have Tim, though. He did think I was best friends with Hayden Christensen. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. I you mean, know, it's it only possible. Takes, it only it takes isn't that crazy. It's 43 minutes of a podcast to get me to the point where I'll just believe you <laughs> that you were friends. But you know, actually, I do know is um, <laughs> Tom Felton. Name drop corner. <laughs> you know yes, Tom Felton? Yeah. He's so full of shit. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know Tom Felton. <laughs> it took me like half a minute to think of his name. <laughs> Tama, Tama. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. That wasn't very good. Yeah. Okay, guys. We're going to feed on. it. It does. Yep. Yep. Uh, anybody got any errata? Erotica. Are we on erotas? Th- there's some erotica in this movie. Yeah, yeah there is. A sexy movie. It this really is, is sexy. Super I have erotica from like the I, previous if movie. If you find watched. sand sexy. What? Well, no, but they, we, somehow. <laughs> they make it work. Somehow. It's, yeah, it's. it's but a, I don't want to have any you know? sex in sand, any sandy locations. Yeah. Sex on the beach. It just seems too much friction involved. Uh, yeah. well, it just seems like you're going to get stuff where you don't want it to get. That's another point. You, know? you guys are being too picky about your sex. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Like, I, he, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of choice. I'm just trying to be considerate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> She's willing, I'm able. <laughs> She's not willing. No. 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 And so, the townsfolk are watching. Yeah. And I mean, you're part. not going to be able to perform. It's weird. Says you. I'm hard as rock. Okay. Well, good Again, job. He <laughs> yeah, he should have he should have led with 
uh, we'll just fake it. Yeah, like, yeah, no, because like, yeah, halfway part. through come the on. struggle, he's like, "All right, come on, we'll just pretend. I really want to see the ocean." And and Derek kind of remarked, and it was it was a little funny at the time because it's just so like, like duh. But it's like yeah. you should have led with that, bro. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we haven't really talked a lot about the themes. I know you guys hate doing this kind of stuff. No, I actually really mm. like doing this Dig kind of stuff, deep. especially with Sean. This loves Sean stuff. doesn't quite. Sean just he hates it. thinking. He hates, but, but I, I wanted to dig into the Stockholm syndrome aspect of it, if that's okay with you guys. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. First of all, have you guys ever felt Stockholm syndrome? Kind of curious. Any, uh, not, um, not that you've been kidnapped before, but yeah, I was gonna say, like, what percentage of people do you know that have been kidnapped? Well, <laughs> a, a, a taste of it. Maybe you know you've you hadn't want to leave a your little room kidnapped. for a while. I don't know. Uh, I was like, uh, you know, when I was when I was a teen, I got uh, I was kind of. I got pulled out of high school because I was kind of acting up and I wasn't getting good grades and stuff after I'd gotten Missouri and I, they kept me, they homeschooled me on the farm and I was like kind of imprisoned there almost. It felt like mm -hmm. I was like 14, 15 years old for like two years there. And it was, it was really shitty. Um, I don't, I didn't develop Stockholm syndrome. But how did you feel after those two years? Uh, uh, uh well, I just got the hell out of there and I, didn't go back okay but uh when you go back do you have some do you feel some sort of way about it yeah yeah i do um like it, it, you know because I, I i like i said earlier you know i'm a pretty outdoorsy guy i really really have like a deep appreciation for like nature in a really hippy dippy kerouac -y bullshit sort of way but uh so you i feel more at home when you're in, in nature yeah, yeah yeah i feel more at home when i'm kind of you know out in something a little more natural something that's you know before me and after me not because of me um but uh so i'm able to appreciate that about that area because i know missouri is a really beautiful place but i'll never be able to see it for anything other than the prison cell that it was when i was 16 years old so like i'll never be able to fully appreciate missouri because of that do you think missouri? do you think this movie is an accurate portrayal of stockholm syndrome i think this movie do you think it's I, realistic at the end that he doesn't want to go my yes it is, uh, but not for that Stockholm reason. Stockholm so much as institutionalization. Not for that reason. Okay. Y yes, and you know, there, I really kind of, maybe I was projecting this, but I really kind of got a societal musing about, like a grander societal musing about this this movie, about like the, what what was the worth of the work that he was putting into his previous life uh -huh. versus the worth of shoveling sand every day. and well, he, what's the difference he also loved the water the idea of that capillary action bullshit the water yeah. that was his project like because when he went back at the end he put his hand right in the cistern you know yeah. to feel it and just and not just to feel it to check the level right to see how much yeah. water and that was kind of his like pet project it was his one thing he had control over right you know, I don't know. I guess I kind of his, wanted to his I, bird and the jacket you know like the way that uh, Brooks had Jake Shawshank I, I definitely get a social commentary, but I didn't get the social commentary that they were, uh, I, like, I don't really feel like it really addressed his old life at all. Other than, you know, he said that they'd come look for him and they didn't, the, but I think they periodic, they periodically mention or, well, they, they mentioned, uh, at times that felt important, um, society and like what it meant you know, what the purpose of Tokyo is 
and what the value of even knowing what's going on out there is, you know, because does it actually make a difference? You know, I think that's mm-hmm. true. And abstractly, do they and miss it, it, you they, when you're gone? And that was, you know, one, and is it, is there, is there a point in paying into that if you're so replaceable? That was one moment that I did pick up on when they finally, or when they were, um, the, the cold finally kind of came over them and uh, they were saying that they the, the wife wanted a radio so that they could listen to the weather report. Like yeah. to me, that just seems ridiculous. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's cold. What, what use do you have of well, a, someone, a, a box telling yeah. you it's cold? Like, but well, I th- what's weird is when they, she got the radio, they, it was just music. Yeah. Well, I think he just turned it on and like, and the, they could have played yeah. the weather report. If they she, she didn't want to take it with her, so you know she obviously there didn't is like also, <laughs> there is also she wanted that, it to be there when she got back. Yeah, I assume so. But. There's also that reading of it too, because there's if lots of ways back. to read it, right? And there's one where she, if if he disappeared, like if he climbed out of there and he like disappeared and left, mm-hmm. she would absolutely a hundred percent like be one to like try and find him or do something like that. Well, she'd be devastated, like, right? She'd, she'd be, be devastated, devastated yeah, right? I think that's clear. Um, whereas you don't think it, so, Sean? You don't think so? Because I'm just saying this might be one way to read it, right? In she's which, very, she's very fragile. More right? so than, more so than his perception of because he thought all these people were going to come looking for him. Then, as far as he knows, they didn't. Now we are kind of given at the end that at least somebody cared enough to like report. That he's missing, uh, but he's kind of unaware of that. So maybe, maybe some part of him's like, "Well, screw that old life." You know, this is somebody who, you know, I'll have this, this as my wife, and we'll have a family, and that'll be, you right. know, that'll be. And then also, yeah, there is definitely that he's moving on from like w- what used to be his passion. He almost kind of accomplished it, right? Because he found the little tiger beetle that he was looking for. Yeah. And he had the thing in his book, which I think is supposed to symbolize him trying to get his name out. His legacy. His legacy kind of thing. And he doesn't give it to the guy. And he's like, oh, maybe one day, you know? So he's moved on from that to another passion. And so I think it may may come down to like those things where in your life, you may be really super passionate about something. And then you say, eh. Or maybe it's you know? putting it up. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's putting your dreams on the back burner. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and saying. Or, a new, or moving on to a new dream, too. Maybe that's a, that's a better, positive spin. more positive do, yeah, way to look guess, at it. Like, I don't. You guys are. Yeah. The guy's broken at the end. It's not a you triumphant so? ending. He's not fucking like. I don't we, think we, it's we, triumphant. We shouldn't be happy that the guy's living in a fucking pit. We should feel sorry for him that he thinks that like the best thing that he can do is show show people this well that already exists. Do you think already he's miserable? I think he sounds has, like a pretty dope pit, dude. I'm I think not he's lie. convinced himself that this is existence. I don't think it's that you know he has chosen this so much as this is what has been thrust upon him. Yeah. Like I think he resigns himself. I don't think he's triumphantly mm. abandoning yeah. this thing that was oppressing yeah. him. Well, we never sand, get the impression the sand that erodes everything. 
Right. And, but we never got the impression that like he was really discontent with Tokyo. Like we never got the impression I that did. he didn't like his job. Like we I did. I can't remember exact lines, but I think there are some lines where he expresses discomfort and and dis like like disinterest in the organized life of Tokyo. And that's what brought him to the desert. That's what yeah, brings him to say. studying bugs and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think that, you know, like the him swapping between the passion of studying entomology and then studying the the level of water in a bucket, you know, is what what's he able to control in the world that he's in at that moment? Right. And I think, again, I think that contributes to the the sort of the downward ending of this rather than I a hopeful ending. Like my, my kind of read though, is that like, there's not really all that much of a difference in his existence Yeah, between the beginning and the end. That's the social commentary. Certainly. Yeah. Yes. But I, I take the ending as very depressing and, um, oh. you know, so uh, I'd rather, I'd rather have that. I'd rather be in the pit than, than be like, I think that's why you, yeah, I think that's a yeah. personal choice. I think yeah. it's, that's why this movie is very interesting. I think to me, I would not rather be in the pit. I kind of, I'm with Sean. I don't, I don't think this is uplifting. Yeah, I, I get, every day. Food. <laughs> I, I, if you I, shovel. I, and again, this is shovel. me. This is why Whatever. I love this movie too. Cause I think it, you can put your own personal lens. I put religion on this. Oh, you are a socialist. Mm. And in the fact that I think that you, when he's choosing almost to live in this religious style of ignorance, and again, I'm not trying to put my family not on blast, but similar <laughs> to some of people in my intimate, uh, whatever, my family. Who, uh, is, <laughs> I'm so bad. I almost name dropped again. Jesus. Yeah, you almost did. The point is that I think that choosing sometimes to just, you know, shovel the same sand over and over again every day, maybe saying the same prayers over and over again every day is similar. But I think it's it's a choice. And and some people are more happy doing that in, instead of kind of in, in simplifying their own world. And that's and again, maybe I shouldn't judge. I think that that might be just me, you know, and, and maybe he the guy, especially in this movie, is better off because he's happy living so. in his little pit in the in the desert. But to me, I think He's kind of been brainwashed into thinking that he, or he's been, he's been beaten down so hard into thinking that this is what the, the best thing he he can do in his own life. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Sisyphus is supposed to be an uplifting story. You can twist it and convert it and make it though, but I don't think in the in in its you know uh, intent it is supposed to be that happy ending. I think it is supposed to be no, a, but a showing the of the of destruction. Of like modern life is there's, kind of Sisyphean. Yeah, it is like life is that. We just do that the it, same shit every day Yeah, just so we can make enough money to have a roof over our head and to I would allow hope, us to do the same shit tomorrow. At, and I would hope that life is a little happier. So I, would, I, I like to like look at the lens of the reality of things and then say, I, you know, say that it's not as depressing because if i if i say that this movie is depressing then i say that life is depressing yeah to me yeah to me I, yeah and, and, I, I, I mean that might be just for me and sean think maybe life is more depressing I would, <laughs> maybe so life, is, uh, but, life is suffering but life you know the suffering. thing is is that one one more thing about this is he's in that pit with the thing he was looking for because that's where he finds that beetle right well, that's where okay. he finds the thing that well what do you think he's looking you know, for at the end though is he's not looking for the beetle anymore. He's not, yeah, he's looking, not, for he's not looking for anything. He just he's happened just upon there. this and he's, <sighs> he's finally just there. Yeah. I, see, that's what kind of confused me. Yeah, I, th yeah, I, oh, think the, I think the bucket is the 
the thing that he can control. And that is kind of the the sadness of the insanity of like I just, giving up on I get, everything for this one get, little fucking thing that like you do have yeah. dominion over. And it's yeah. also and it's yeah. also like the, I said, um it's <laughs> no, it's, it's actually true. It's kind like of a little too. bit like freedom too, well, actually, because the idea, like the reason why he was so excited initially about that water is they weren't going to have to rely on the villagers for water anymore. Right. They'd but be able to make their rice. own. He still no, needs no. everything else. No, but like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but like that was like one, like, yeah. and again, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but it's like that one thing in which you're saying, okay, I can do this. And, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, bother with those people as much on, anymore. I'm like a little more self-reliant. Yeah, I'm totally you know? for living off the grid, but yeah. like this is not that. This <laughs> no, is not the pinnacle of cap of communist socialism it's, of like full on control. I, <laughs> I I don't know. I'm getting a bit more of a Zen metaphor out of it. Yeah. You know? Well, I think too because also uh, also the villagers rely on them, right? Because that's the whole thing kind of at the end with the sand. Right, that's why the I don't think the communism up, dichotomy necessarily works. Yeah, the sand that they're sending up, right, is like, it's what their villagers are using to make money. So yeah. in a way that they're kind of like yeah. helping them, it's even kinda, though they're trapped yeah. well, in the situation. It's kind of like capitalism in that way. Actually, but, yeah. You got to keep them in the pit if you want to get the sand out without digging. That's true. Right. But I say communism in that they have no choice. They are being held there against their will. Yeah, there's a big choice here. Well, I think, no, I think that's why, again, I, you could read this many ways. Yeah, but I yeah. do think that actually it's almost capitalism and that the choice is, um, it, it's, 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 it's a figment of your imagination. Yes. Right. You think there's a ladder there, but you're really stuck and you just have to exactly. shovel sand, yeah, sand yeah. for the rest All you of your life. All you have to do is just crawl up the sand. Yeah. It I seems mean, easy. Yeah. But unfortunately, you, you can't it? get up. And again, this is a, co a commentary on capitalism, my, how accurate it is in American style com capitalism. You're not charging my billion I think, dollars. Man. I think the, <laughs> I the, I the abstract back there nature of this film is the reason that we're able to have all these different discussions right now yeah, yeah. Yeah. about the same thing. Because it's a dense film. It's dense, yeah. but it's also not. You know what I mean? Like it. No <laughs> what? <laughs> like uh, like sand. Sand's yeah. not. Sand's dense, but it's not. No, it's when like is quicksand. I, I just mean there's a lot of top. It's a rich text. That's all. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot it here. Just kno it knows when not to be anything, so that you put stuff there. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that, I but... think I think anything with an allegory has you bring something to it right yeah. and if you leave it open enough somebody's going to bring it to it it's like you know it's most like good art should all i think classic folk tales and things like that you're you, you know it's not just the thing right uh, to me it's like hanging up a blank canvas and saying imagine i painted something good yeah but it's not a blank like, canvas you've got something on it like there's something there there's a story being told it's like I, I understand it's like i didn't do anything you no, know. no, but the, I, yes, I'm taking it to an extreme, but like, there's a lot of holes, like just because someone leaves holes that you have to fill in doesn't necessarily make that a well-crafted story or a well-crafted movie. Like, I, well, it's, it depends I on the, it's a well-crafted story and I think it's a well-crafted movie. I think the difference, yeah, the so, difference is, is not holes. Speaking arbitrarily. I think mm -hmm. holes is the wrong term. I think it, it, it should, we should put it in terms of questions and answers. So if it's asking proper questions and making you think about those things, it's not necessarily a hole. It's just allow, it's an ambiguity, if anything, you know. 
keeping an open-ended question. That's why I'm so fascinated by the historical context here, because I think that if I knew more about the director and maybe 1964 yeah. Japan, maybe I'd be able to kind of decipher a little bit more about what he's saying. But even then, I don't mind, because I like the fact that we're kind of split here and what what is correct about, you know, the the, the moral of this, this story, honestly. Well, obviously, I'm right. I actually agree with you right in this one, too, which is <laughs> fascinating in itself. Uh, you guys agree all the time on You guys pod. agree on I don't, certain I things. I don't even know what you're agreeing on at this moment. I think we're I'm agreeing that it's, yeah. that it's, a, the that it's a sad about. ending. That it's, yeah. a, it's, not, it's a depressing ending. Yeah, oh, it's you not guys depressing get, ending. It's no. depressing. I don't take it that way. That's Again, fine. I think it just I think it just depends on your lot in life and what you've accepted. Maybe. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I want to know more about <laughs> how what, this reflects who, yeah, who are upon you your to own. Think you are right now. I just yeah, don't want to live yeah. in that pit uh, I, every day, shoveling sand, being obsessed with my stupid little sister. So we still, do live yeah. in pits, shoveling sand every <laughs> single day. That's <laughs> really bad. I don't like that idea. Reminding <laughs> ourselves to yeah. is the bad okay. thing. That's no, why it's not so a good that's again, that's again the whole thing of Sisyphus, right? Like okay. you can, you can, you, yeah. you need yeah. to like say, hey, is you, you need to say, if I am Sisyphus, yeah. what, what is my, what is my thing that I'm pushing up the, and am I okay with that? That, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this movie kind of brings that up. It's like, hey, yeah. are you okay with yeah. Can this? you put meaning into this rock enough that it will sustain you? Yeah. And if not, find another rock, but it's still a fucking rock. Yeah. Like if your bug Man, rocks Man, that makes it sound work, a little depressing, you're... but it's not depressing <laughs> to me. It's just the life. That's just, life. It just is the way it is. Yeah. It's just, that's Except what it, it is. That's kind yeah. of just how things are, you know? Well, I think they're convincing themselves that life sucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Life does suck. No, I... Uh, you take what the government gives you Derek, and you yeah. deal with it. Yeah, yeah, Derek's a little less nihilistic than me, I guess. A little but. less nihilistic about yeah. it. If you I'm just own, happy with you if know, you only get one situation. bucket of water a week, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I see the I see the world. I I see all the systems of the world are like garbage, right? Okay. So, no one is listening anymore. Yeah, nobody is. <laughs> Nobody's listening. But that's okay because no, you know, somebody's listening. Somebody's listening. Yeah, I'm listening. I think it was just yeah. getting good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We're, We're just talking about the systems strength. of the world or like garbage. Yeah. I mean, that's just <laughs> systems they're in in this movie. Garbage, right? Yeah. I, I, Trash system. Pretty all bad. All systems are garbage. Basically, Although we've never seen Tokyo. That's kind of, that's the thing. Basically, we find out. So it's that whole kind of thing where like you're working for this place and you're doing something and you're like the helper guy. Like he's a helper, right? Yeah. Then he slowly finds out that actually what they're doing is basically illegal and probably <laughs> dangerous by the end of the whole thing, right? Sure. That's another layer to the thing. It's like you work in something until you find out more and more and more and more and more about the company that you're working in. You're yeah. like, holy cow, you know? Like, it's and that's those, the life he chooses to stay with. Yeah, no, so, I can, I can so relate to that. that that's, <laughs> the, that's the world. That's that's the world, though, right? That's that's the world because uh, ultimately, you know, like. It's kind of these things that happen with, uh, what was it, Wells Fargo, where these yeah. people were doing all these kinds of terrible things, and, and they were on. doing it as part of the system, and they were acting within that system, mm -hmm. right? They were not acting outside of it. They were not, like, whistleblowing until uh -huh. finally things came out, but... I was going to make that leap, but you just did it for me. Yeah, until finally things came out, but, you know... Jesus. Yeah, so... So this is the... Wells Fargo. That's what this movie is. It's about Wells Fargo. Yeah, it is. That's a different movie, dude. Also, the Trump administration. 
It's yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, yeah. it's got some of that in it too. If you're a whistleblower, guys. Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you're a whistleblower, then quote, prepare to die. (laughs) Roger Stone. Human scum. Crazy. (laughs) God, these people are just crazy, man. Yeah. So they said Snowden should die. So So 64, right? Okay, just to go through a few things, because we talked about historical context. Uh, Tokyo Olympics. Um, happened then, uh, of course they're doing their still, uh, uh, post-war reconstruction still that it's kind of over and that Japan has rejoined the international family of nations. That's the sense. That makes sense to me because this feels like a very, a a, a choice about modernity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whether to live in Tokyo or not kind of thing, the desert or the city. Yeah. Uh, still under, uh, of course, uh, let's see, still under Hirohito. Um, at the time, of course. Not, yeah, not quite the you know, he's powerful in, guy. Yeah. But they're um, a democracy at this point. Yes, essentially. Uh, Democratic Republic. Uh, Congo. Yeah, so that's probably one of the reasons why it, 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 it may be, if we are sensing anything, it is perhaps a comment on capitalism because it's the brand new thing that they're currently in. The interesting so, stuff. There, uh, Derek. Anyway, but uh, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of done with this, guys. All right, actually, that's, that's about fair. all for this thing. Are there I any? Is there any more errata? Tim, you got uh, anything else? Yeah. Um, you do really? You're, he's you're, got something. No. Your eyes are going to the top left of your yeah, head. Yeah, that's They're where that's going where about sixty-four no, floors so up. If you look up to the left, that is generally for recollection. Looking up to the right is generally for deception. Uh-huh. You're creating something. Which way was he looking when he said that, though? I did look up into the left because I was trying <laughs> to make something up. Up into the left. Back into the left. Yeah, uh, back into no, the left. No, wait. No, I looked up into the left. <laughs> back into the <laughs> left. Just to, in the back yeah. of your head. Your recollection is lying about his stats. Um, I, I do want to uh, point Mid-maxing. out a bit of a rata from our last movie. What was that Christmas piece of shit we watched a week the or two ago? Lion in uh, the Lion in the Winter. Yeah, not Wizard. a Christmas movie. Yeah. As Christmas the French movie, call yeah. Les Incompetents. Indeed. <laughs> So uh, I think I made that joke last week too. You did. <laughs> the the, ca- the uh, candles are in fact days, not hours. They are advent calendars or advent candles. Before so they had the chocolate day. calendars. Yeah, before those specific ones those that were in that. Were yeah. That. How many days of so advent are there? Twenty-four apparently. What do you get per day? Is like yeah. you get a little piece of chocolate. Well, nowadays, yeah, you get a. It's like the countdown to Christmas, essentially. Yeah. Just chocolate. So uh, yeah. was, well, these days. There, I mean, it used to be like a, I think it was almost like a 24 little gift sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. So there's only 12 days of Christmas and that's why there were so few. The, the 12 days of Christmas is something totally different. So it's what is, how many song, days are there Advent? Advent is 24, I think. Okay. So those About a candles month, should right? have been yeah, bigger four, than they were. I, I believe Advent is between St. Nicholas Day and Christmas. Okay. I, I didn't even know about it. The, they're like, these are months? Years. No, they're like Years. they're like biblical seasons. Year candles. Like yeah. like Lent is yeah. is a, is like a biblical season. It is a season. And the word is invent. Invent? Yeah, invent. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the first day of invent. Yeah. That's the uh so where you all everybody all writes that, Elon, everybody comes up everybody with something writes new. a new page for the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a celebration of Tesla. <laughs> Every year it gets longer. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Um, 
should we do a little review? Like, you know that the the guy with the longest like reciting memory was able to like recite from memory the first fourteen thousand pages of the Quran. The micro machines guy, insane. Because like I didn't even know that the Quran had fourteen thousand pages. You know, that's a fuck shit. That's a shitload of pages. Yep. Lots well, the thing about it, it's a lot, in oral, a lot of oral yeah. traditions how you have to memorize. Jew, Jews did do that shit too. Yeah. I just, you know, I wonder what it says. They don't even do pages, they do scrolls. <laughs> I wonder what it says. <laughs> All right. So, Enjoy one yourself. star out of 10. Thank you. IMDb review <laughs> Chalk Nog. On <laughs> Chalk Nog. Chalk Nog. Chuck Nog sucks. Chuck Nor. Chuck Nog wrote on the 22nd of February 2018 uh, his one star review. Having watched the film and read the reviews that focused on the intended metaphor, capitalized, uh, I still could not feel, or I still could not but feel annoyed at feel. how he gave. Could not help up but feel. Trying. To escape and accepted his fate. I cannot but compare wow, what I might have done in the same predicament <laughs> as the one he found himself in. I would have totally focused on escaping until I did escape by getting to the beach and following the shoreline. <laughs> then I would return with a backup crew and lay my vengeance <laughs> on those kidnappers for holding me hostage to teach them that there is a price to pay for wrongdoing. Yeah. That's the fucking movie I want to see. There is a Zen thing going on which, <laughs> the, which the etymologist guy embraced in the end, but that isn't my culture or mindset. MAGA. <laughs> Did Sean write this review? <laughs> he was more like Louis Dega to my papillion. That's fucking ridiculous. And you papillon. know what? You know what? That, that guy's definitely fucking referencing the remake, too. Yeah. Because the original Papillon is great. Oh. And we're going to watch it at some point. Jesus Christ. I knew but that the, I knew that by the end Tim would get hot on this because of the movie. Mentioned. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's got a thing with that. Yeah, movie. I like Papillon, yeah. man. The original Papillon is fucking great. But uh, but but th- th- this this is such a classic review. I love when people review a, or like review a movie by making another movie in their head. Then, yeah, I yeah. fucking love that shit. Cause like anytime you'll show somebody something creative and try to get some feedback, you know, and like they just start writing their own thing. It's okay, I'm gonna go away now. I just wish we could get this more like a Wesley it. Snipe movie, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, this could be a Wesley Snipe yeah. movie. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, you have well, no, you can't have bylaws. No, not snipes. Wesley Snipe. Demolition Snipe. Yeah. He's yeah. a new guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Young kid. Yeah, he's Looks like Tom a, Holland. A little whippersnapper. Yep. <laughs> is there a positive review or is that it? Oh, no. I was just going to go with a negative one. Do you want a positive one? <coughs> no, no, no. no that's yeah, fine. I mean, that's like, fine. We know, loved it. That yeah, was more than enough. We slobbed on a snob enough, you know? All right. You know what? We heard from the worst. Now let's hear from the best. Oh, The yeah. best critics in all of the internet land. So, Derek, <laughs> since you just gave us... 
another review. Yes. <laughs> We're going to go to you. What about your Let's review? hear what you thought of this film. Uh, yeah, so I give it a, a, a 11 out of 12. Jesus. Oh, wow. Because I like it a lot. It's one of my favorite films. I like it a lot. Uh, it is uh, incredible. The conversation that we had about it afterwards, That's uh, that tells you something, I think, about the film. Yeah. Uh, you can either give it credit for that or you can refuse to give it credit for that. But either yep. way, we had that conversation, uh, <laughs> which is the fucking thing. You are and so this, woke. This was <laughs> written. that conversation. With, this was, and the thing is, this was, this, this is made with some intention <clears throat> of like expressing something because it's not like, it's a collaboration be obviously between a, a writer who has a perspective a filmmaker who has a unique and interesting perspective and also like uh I don't I don't know that I've seen many films that are much like this afterwards um he's so like like those yeah the, like you can feel like through the you just get this icky feeling like with the sand you feel dirty you mm -hmm. see the water you like thirsty he's like and I, I mean, it, it works almost on such a subliminal yeah. level. It, there, there were moments in this movie where, like, Joey and – twice Joey and I got up at the same time to go get water. Oh, yeah. And it was it was because of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's a desert honestly, movie. Honestly, makes you thirsty. Is, you watch the movie and you're getting thirsty. Yeah. You know? The guy directed the hell out of this movie. Like, Fucking absolutely knocked it out of the park. Talk, uh, talk about an auteur. This is what, you know. I mean, this is this is – a great movie. I love it. All right. Uh, Sean. Sean Faw. Sean Faw. Um, two out of five stars. Um, looks pretty. Really boring. Really long. Um, some interesting, amusing things, but mostly if I wasn't sitting in a room with friends making jokes the whole time, there's no way I'd make it through this movie. Did you... Did you appreciate some of the themes, the deeper ideas? I mean, to me, again, this is what we've talked about. Uh, you know, I bring this up a lot, but I, I, I understand the idea of leaving things with sort of openness or questions or a little bit of interpretation. But this, these, these movies to me leave too much open to interpretation kind of like what tim was talking about with movie reviews that make their own movie i feel like these movies kind of leave it up to the audience to make their own movie and the gaps that i fill in are going to be way different than the gaps that you fill in and to me that is kind of against the idea of this media conveyance that's against cinema um the, really? I mean, the... It's the point of art. That's cinema. Well, I hate art. Um, no, it's just cinema. It's 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 ineffective communication. It's... It, well, cinema would be ineffective communication. <clears throat> mostly, yeah. So, yeah, I'm very... So, the cinema is ineffective communication. If, that, if it is a complete and total understanding of every single facet. No, not a complete, but enough of an understanding so that people walking out of it have at least similar concepts of what fucking happened on the screen. I like, think we do, right? We know the plot points. We know all the plot points of what happened. Right? But we are completely conflicted as to what how the means, what it means or how the characters actually felt in these situations. Okay. 
And I don't think, no, I don't think I don't, we're confused about that. I think we're confused about how we feel. We're, yeah. we're, we know yeah, how the we're confused like, about what it means. I think we're we're disagreeing, which is a good thing. I I would say about um what yeah the, the how our lens is on it right because we we agree that he decides to go back and live in the pit, but I think our our view is whether that's a good or a bad thing to do. Well, in, but that view is based on how you think he feels about where he ends up. Well, that's so, also how you personally how feel. How you right? see Isn't the world. Yeah, right, like, right. And that, that's what I'm saying. In this, it, that, is, that leaves just, that, that allows the, the audience to do exactly what you're saying and write their own movie. So mm-hmm. the movie that you're seeing is completely different than the movie that I'm seeing. I think there's a slight difference in that we're not writing a new scene or new character, yeah, or new no. dialogue. But you you are. You're, re- writing, you're writing the whole backstory we're, about how he field, felt about his daily life in Tokyo. We have completely different I, perceptions I don't think I made that. that up. That That is a certain... That's an interesting point, Sean, because I think that that element of Tokyo is underwritten. But that might be on purpose, or that might be for time's sake. Well, no, I just, I, I just use that as an example of. But there was a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> How much more could you fit in this? Or whatever. Well, no, I mean we're not going to go do flashbacks of Tokyo and whatnot. Exactly. But like, we, just from what we saw, we have different ideas of what his daily life would have been in Tokyo and how he felt about his daily life. Like I said, I didn't get the impression that he was like too down on Tokyo ever. I thought that he was like just as at peace with Tokyo as he kind of ended up at the other one. Like, and to me, that's where it's sad. <laughs> like mm. it is a, yeah. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I think it's, I, that's interesting. I think I make, it's an interesting flashpoint either way. I would say even if, even if you've used Tokyo as, as a more positive thing we, in the desert or negative, I still yeah. think it's interesting either way. Yeah. Do we feel like we kind of know him by the end of this movie? Or at least know, feel like we know him? Let's say before no, because I he can't goes predict, back down. No, because I have no idea that he, like, to me, it makes no sense that he goes back down in the pit. Okay. Yeah, what's funny is I, I do feel like I know him, but I'm with Sean and that I, and you that reviewer and that I would... <laughs> I would be like, I feel like I'm the guy who's watching a horror movie and be like, get yeah. the fuck out, yeah, get the exactly. fuck out, you know, like, but I know that if I was maybe in that situation, obviously I'm not, I'd be beaten down after yeah. years of years of living in the desert in that pit. Maybe I feel it differently, but yeah. But as I don't I feel now, that so, put into this movie. I don't feel that this movie is a, uh, an exploration of psych, of psychological breakdown of people as much as. Oh, it, really? I mean, I kind of do. I, I I do. The because baby you kinda, is the way his. You have to, like what? <laughs> what right? more? Like, but all of that breakdown is happening in your head. You're putting all of that into this story. That's that not the there. Baby's I don't his? know. I don't know. About no, that. not that the baby's his, but like what he feels about that. What that means. How that translates to anything. Sean, I mean, I think. Oh, how many fucking dads just walk away from their kids? Let's, you have no uh, idea what that, that context aside. means. Let's like, set that aside for just a quick second. I think that the breakdown is actually really well done because I think the breakdown occurs with all of the shots of, one, you're digging. You're constantly digging sand. All the grossness of the sand and all the music itself, all the dissonance is breaking you down, making you kind of uneasy and kind of just uh, – um, forced to deal with this constant sand, just constantly digging the Sisyphusian thing. I think it is breaking you down psychologically, subliminally, visually as well, because it's all you see is sand. Right, right. It's breaking the audience down, but I didn't see that in the character. Oh, okay. I did. I, I absolutely did. Okay. Well, either way, I did. you, you gave your review. So I'm going to move on to mine. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Um, I struggled with either a 7 <laughs> or an 8. It's a good movie. Um, it is long- it's two and a half hours. Um, it starts a little slow. There is a lot of slow moving shots, but I think it it gives that 
slow moving desert feel. I mean, you're supposed to feel like you're alone and you're by yourself and you're oppressed, which is the whole point of this movie is to, like I said, I think is to break you down and to make you feel like you're in the desert forever, which it does. So in that sense, it's a really immersive. And I like that. I like the way the music kind of tied in with the sound design or at least the elements that they did decide to do. Um, but I also think that just, there's a difference between watching this movie by yourself and with a group of friends like this. Right? When you're with a group of friends, you can discuss the issues and the topics and it's really cool. Like I love the discussion that we actually had. I think it's one of our better ones in the podcast uh, because it is so open-ended and because it's all about life and communism and capitalism and you know authoritarianism <laughs> and choice individual. There's a lot of amazing topics in this movie. But- as a story, I got to kind of agree with Sean. It's a little slow. It's a little boring, but it's it's really, it's got a lot of great stuff in there. And visually it is, it's captivating. So there's a lot of, even though just as a cinematographer, you're going to want to watch this film and see some pretty cool stuff. Um, so again, eight out of 10. Um, I think this is something you should watch. I would definitely recommend this to yeah. most, most people today. Uh, Tim, what do you think? So this movie was, you know, like, I tried a I tried a new kind of food and and after like I, I took the first bite and I just knew it was one of my favorite meals forever. Um, <laughs> this movie had a lot for me. I really 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 liked it. Um, it you know I I I just personally I like to spend a lot of time just fucking like I I think a lot and I like to reflect on the nature of things and why things are and so on and so forth. And there's so much space in this movie. There's so much silence and quiet and, and like open empty sand and all this like empty space to put, you know, thoughts and ideas and so on and so forth for like capitalism and this and that and the other thing. I really loved it. And I loved how long the movie took to say all of that. I liked that the story was kind of not the point necessarily it is the mm. point but it isn't the point you know i i really enjoy that kind of stuff and i look for that in movies a lot so i'm really really satisfied with this pick this is probably one of my favorite picks that i've done so far i the, like this movie a lot i cannot wait pick, to watch Tim. it again oh yeah see, good pick Derek. honestly <laughs> uh, like whatever fuck you i this is my pick this is my pick. <laughs> take ownership yeah yeah good pick <laughs> But but yep, like I, I genuinely it. like I was thinking as the credits were rolling I was thinking because uh, I screenwrite with uh, with a buddy of mine Andrew. Um, you don't want to give his full name and address and social. <laughs> what? Well, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I want to give him a little tribute. But yeah. uh, uh, him. But I was well, I was just thinking it's like man I need to get a ha- I need to get my hands on a copy of this so I can make Andrew sit and watch this with me and I also just want to watch it again. Um, you know I just man I f- fanboy loved it. Are you going to watch this director's other movies? Uh, yes, yes, I will. So, Derek, if, I think if, this is going to like make it into my like like collection. Yeah, well, it's making you, the collection. If you ask me five years from now, it's like what's important to watch. I'll probably mention this, Derek. Nice. If you have to pick an- another uh, Tashigahara movie, what would be the next one? Well, you should only saw, watch? Uh, so I saw the face of another. That, uh, but I've heard Pitfall is pretty good. How too. many times have you seen this one? Uh, probably. Three times, probably three times. Has it's it been changed a while. at all? Um, I say th- I I would have to say that. Well, first off, this when was time, the first time you saw it? So ten, no, more than ten years. Okay. Uh, maybe twenty years ago. Oh really? Okay. No, uh, no, actually less. Probably like uh, probably like seventeen. Okay. Years ago. So yeah, how did that? Uh, I I think I. 
honestly, like I, I remember really liking it. I watched it a second time, I don't know, just a few years later, and it's been a long time since I watched it last. Um, and I think that I actually, on the third watching of it, I liked it more than I've liked it any previous time. Hmm. Um, it, it's, it's weird because obviously like things in your mind, uh, and, and as you change, like yeah. as you grow older, you get like, and especially um, with an open or empty movie like this, where you're filling in the gaps. Like I, I think that you, I, well, I think that one of the things that happens is when you're younger, uh, it's difficult to slow down. Hmm. You, you have expectations uh, for quicker things. Uh, as you get older, you can kind of slow down and you can watch other things. And so, so for me, this moves, like I was not as, like I do remember like the first time watching it and being a, a little bored, you know? I mean, that's naturally going to happen to like some 20 something year and like 22 year old kid, 39. you know? Um, or, or if you're 39 and a young 39, yeah. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> Maybe young. by the time you're 78, you'll, you'll enjoy something like this. My brain like will this. be slow enough to, to your comprehend brain, this crap. Yeah. Your brain <laughs> will be slow enough to like take a second and say, Hey, and yeah. you reflect on your life and you say, Hey, you know, can I find some truth? In I should have this? just been digging a pit. Yeah. What did I yeah. fucking do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. and you, you, say, you realize all along that's what you were doing. Check her out of your mouth. You like, like, holy shit! Mm. This whole this movie was right. This is what life is. <laughs> and you oh can no, I don't disagree it. that it's what life is. I'm just saying you, that we don't have to accept it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, well, life. Yeah, which you're right. So then we move on to another pit. You know, pitfall. Just ah, pit, wherever you go. So there maybe you he are. should see. Yeah, maybe Tim should see Pitfall. Next Pitfall. Because actually, I'm reading about it. it seems really cool. Pit. It's about the yeah. trade unions and Japanese mining industry. Oh, cool. Yeah. Interesting. Are nice. they running from crocodiles and swinging across pits? That's clear. I don't know. Yeah. Alligators, though. It is alligators? No, I'm just looking uh, at you. Cunt. <laughs> crocodiles. It'd be crocodiles in India. Should we end this show? Probably. Please. Does crocodiles have like a longer and a thinner snout? Than and one saltwater, one's freshwater, I think. Well, alligators are freshwater, I know that. Thank you, everyone. I know it's crocodile Dundee. Yeah. So that would be saltwater. Well, Make sure to listen to our other episodes. Oh, check out all the shows in the podcast network. We got the literary text before calling pilot tinkering going down in South Park. There's also Wild Wild West World if you're wanting to catch up before that comes back. This show that you're talking or listening to, Sell You Away Breakdown. We're talking to it. I'm sure some people are talking to it. Shut up. Three and a half hours. You're wrong. You're all wrong. No one gets this movie. I have a special request. Quest for everyone who's still listening, I can't believe you're still listening. Mm. But please subscribe. We need more subscribers. Yes, and yes. also make sure to rate our we're podcast on iTunes. Spike. Yeah, we need Tell those your ratings. Friends. Like seriously, we're you know we're we're sharing who we are with you. You know, we're yeah. sharing. What Some of our, us more than we should be. What our thoughts are on? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I've always been a little too. Old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe where you live is coming up if they yeah. pay the well, right. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like to be perfectly honest, I don't care. Sure, come on over. Ha, 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 ha.
All right, guys, come right. on to Tim's place. Yeah. So, be sure to, be yeah. sure to uh, stop by forecast.com slash shop to uh, check out all of our wonderful merch. You can buy the T-shirts and the mugs and all the happy little ge- doodads that help to fund the show. Yeah, it is great shit. And you're supporting, you know, like, you know, some, uh, you're supporting creative endeavors. Do we, know? are we autographing toilet yeah. paper? If, you, if you're well, sitting, if, sure. made if you want to start that up, you're more than welcome to. goddamn hours of this. You owe us a mug. So I don't know why job, it yeah. works out. Is it only two and a half? Yeah, two, it's two, and, two half. and a half. Well, you covered the other thing. I only yeah. know the yeah, twenty-eight. So the first fifty minutes to me felt like two hours. Then because I looked <laughs> up and saw fifty-three. And was now like, you know how I felt about this movie. <laughs> two and a half. Yeah. So we still got seventeen more minutes then because uh, you know uh, gotta have gotta well, be as long as you know the what, movie. You know what I'd love gotta, to spend yeah. seventeen minutes talking about. The British History Podcast, oh James uh, Jeffers. That's true. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Yourself. You could just go over and check yeah, it out just yourself. Check it's it great. out. Yeah, it's great. I haven't been listening to it at all recently, but it's pretty good. Why mm. haven't you been listening to it? You know, I've been getting a lot Did you of take sleep. a tumble. Yeah, no, I had a little too much fun on a camping trip, and I've been. Yeah, putting my life back together. Recuperating. Gotcha. Yep. I'm going to recommend uh, 461 Ocean Boulevard, one of my favorite albums by, by Eric Clapton. Oh, oh. Uh, you know. <laughs> Are you trying? He's just. It was in. It, it was a really good period. Yeah, you know, it was a solo career, and it just got some great tunes. I love it. Named after the, the place where he was recorded the album. Oh, okay, it's cool. great. What yeah. floor was that on? Right. Oh yeah. It was on the ground floor. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm going to recommend you don't see Doctor Sleep. Um, don't see Doctor Sleep. Don't see Doctor no, Sleep. Doctor I'm going to go see yeah, it. Definitely. No, no one give like, them their money. That's just. I'm into uh, it. Fucking Stephen King's Revenge. Yeah. Um, y- y- check out uh, Motherless Brooklyn, if I didn't say it before. This it's, movie's like Stephen okay. King's Prevenge. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dr. Sleep, based <laughs> upon the... Based kind of is. He rips off a lot of shit. The last, uh, the last trailer that I saw for it, it mm. looked like it was that episode that everybody was hating in Stranger Things, where it just decided You're to go not off wrong and at all. have like <laughs> random people with powers. Oh, like, yep. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. Yep. Uh, yeah, so That's it looks exactly like it was, was weird. Yeah. It's you know, crap. come on. I've been listening to oh the <sighs> Drew Thompson Foundation uh, still a great record been listening to that a lot mm. uh, and also uh, Jandek been listening to a lot of Jandek lately yeah uh, I bet Jandek's a listener dude that is yeah maybe everybody look yeah you know I, I I don't know he's a, he's a he's a kind of a really reclusive uh, uh, blues artist from well uh, kind of blues he like he, he, it's really hard to describe the kind of music he plays. But uh, uh, some released, might say not music. Released his first album in 1978 and only sold two copies between then and 1980. And then in 1980, the inaugural uh, copy of Spin magazine paid uh, an author to do 500 words on uh, an obscure musician. And this guy was like, Jandexter. And reaching out to Jandek and like interviewing him and showing interest in his music was just enough to get this guy who like never has released his real name and never has released anything about him personally. Um, got him to continue on. And he's ended up, he's released like 60 albums through the course of his career, all through this like imprint label that he runs out of a PO box in Houston, Texas called Corwood industries. It's really interesting stuff. And I've, I've just been really having a lot of fun diving deep into uh, all of those albums and like listening to or reading interviews. And like, there's, 
one one interview that was done on telephone in 1983, um, and then. Uh, uh, a few a few things since like 2005 when he said no one's went and gone to find persona. him well in 2005 he played his first live show oh, ever okay. mm. um and he's been kind of sporadically touring since then and still releases like he'll release three albums a year sometimes um but it's not like a searching for sugar man kind of thing where they i don't really know because i didn't i didn't see searching for sugar man uh, i'm not familiar with that I was a popular musician and and um, and he kind of disappeared off the map and then and then documentarians tried to go find him. No, no, no. That's kind of like Linda Perhax. Uh, she's a, a musician that I like a lot. She released an album called Chimicum Rain, I think, late seventies in Hawaii, and then completely fucking disappeared uh, for like forty years. Everybody thought like she died. You know, but apparently not. Yeah. I'm a sucker for obscure, weird folk artists, man. <laughs> You're just a sucker. Yeah, True. I guess so. On that note, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. thanks for tuning in. You know, you're sure. never going to get this two and a half hours back, but we appreciate it. So go to the podcast network, buy a mug, and then stop by Patreon before you click the X and uh, donate. If you listen at double speed, you only lost an hour and 15 minutes of your life. That's true. That's true. I wonder what we sound like at double speed. Uh, just terrible, as dumb. Probably.